Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I've uh, started this show with uh, Bernie, and of course, uh, we switch off every day, but I think I've started this show with Bernard many, many times by saying if everything goes well today, if everything goes well today, this could be, has the potential to be the best show in the history of Talk Radio 77 WABC. And most of the time when I say that, it may not be the best show the station dates back 100 years with some of the all-time greats, but it does prove to be an amazing show that day. Well, guess what? I'm saying it today. And with that said, not because of the four great guests or the content or the humor and all the fun stuff you get to enjoy until Brian Kilmeade comes your way at 10 o'clock this morning. It's because of my handsome, brilliant partner live from Long Island this morning, the great Bernard McGurk. Good morning, Bernard. Sid Rosen. There you go again. Man, you're making me blush at 6 o'clock <laughs> in the damn morning. I am doing well, Sidney. Thank you for those kind words. And, uh, yes, it will be stellar. We're going to kick some Heine. We're going to get a bonus for today's show. I guarantee it. <laughs> well, I think we already did uh, our fearless leader and dear friend. I know that John Katzmatidis has been very, very good to you, Bernard, personally. He's been amazing to me and Danielle, as you know, without getting specific. But uh, today, if you go by the New York Post, which, of course, all of you do every day because it's far and away the best newspaper in the country and has been for a very, very long time. It's the oldest newspaper in the country. When you buy today's New York Post and turn to page 22, to be exact, you're going to see a big, beautiful color advertisement talking about the number one Nielsen-rated news talk morning show in New York City with a very nice picture of one Bernard McGurk and one Sidney Rosenberg. Yes, page 28, today's New York Post, John Katsimatidis, thank you for the great ad, Bernie and Sid, right here in New York City. It is really, it is a beautiful ad, and it, it is, they support us, uh, does the management here, the owner, John Katsimatidis, and, and to be in this paper, let's, we can't discount it because we see the paper every day, we're in New York City, but this is the fourth largest paper in the country, the paper that's helping to save this country, and it's read far and wide, overseas, all across the nation, I mean, it's, it's really a big deal 
to be in the New York Post for a full-page ad in the New York Post. Uh, you, you can't understate or overstate how important it is, how big a deal it is, because, again, as I say, we're used to the New York Post, but uh, I am really, really impressed. We've been in it before, of course, and I'm just very f- impressed and flattered that uh, John Katzmatidis would do this, and uh, I can't wait to uh, – I haven't gotten the copy yet, but I can't wait to look at it when I do in about a half hour. All right, folks, you can go to my Instagram page, though, right now, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. The show also has a great page, at It's Bernie and Sid, on the radio station, at 77 WABC Radio. But at least go to my page right now, at Rosenberg.Sydney, and you'll see the big, beautiful color ad once again, page 22 in today's New York Post. Now, again, besides uh, Bernie, the great commentary he provides every day, me, all the big stories. One of the reasons why today may be a special show is we're going to put to rest one of the great characters in New York slash New Jersey history. The uh, mass was, excuse me, the the wake was last night in Brooklyn for the great Tony, a.k.a. Paulie Walnuts, Sirico. And uh, this morning at 1030 in Bensonhurst will be the actual funeral, the mass. And it is packed. They are turning people away. So, folks, I think they're just going to show up and walk in. It ain't going to happen. But um, a lot of his, uh, his, co- uh, his friends, the co-actors on the show, really wanted to pay tribute to Tony. And believe it or not, Bernie, this came directly from David Chase. David is, uh, spends a lot of time in London, actually. But he's in California this week. He may come on this show on Friday. But he reached out to folks and said, listen, if you've got a good story about Tony, tell it. You know, make yourself heard. And with that said, we've got two of the most talented ladies in the history of television, two of the major characters in those shows, friends here, by the way, dating all the way back to the year 2000, one being Jamie Lynn Sigler, a.k.a. Meadow Soprano. She will join us at 7.40 this morning. The other, Lorraine Bracco, a.k.a. Dr. Melfi, also played Ray Liotta's wife, Karen Hill, in the great movie Goodfellas. Both of those beautiful women, Jamie Lynn Sigler, 7.40, Lorraine Bracco, 9.25, on the way to Mass this morning, according to Bernie and Sid first. That is the pull and the power we've got here in New York City. That is beautiful. And, and that, that it came from David Chase just shows you how much uh, he loved Tony Sirico himself and, and appreciated what a character he really was. You know, just a, an iconic New York character who lived a sort of quirky life, uh, sort of the life that you see there in The Sopranos. But in real life, caught himself and uh, became a very successful actor and just a good guy. And, uh, yes, uh, on a show that is by by far, no question, no second, no close second, the best uh, cable show, the best cable drama show in the history of cable TV and maybe in the history of all TV. I was going to say network TV, too. I've got Sopranos number one, whether it's channel 2457, HBO, or Cinemax, Showtime, I don't care. Uh, that's the greatest show of all time. So, again, we'll talk to Melpi, excuse me, LeBrocco and uh, Jamie Lynn Sigler, but uh, two other uh, very fine gentlemen stopping by today. He's here 840 every Wednesday morning, does a fantastic job. One of the great politicians in the history, that's how great he is, of this great state out in Bernie's territory out on Long Island, the great Peter King. And I will tell you that I got a tweet yesterday, Bernard, and a message from uh, my new friend, our new friend, a guy that Danielle and I met at Yankee Stadium a couple of weeks ago with Jen Dolce, Robert Cornicelli who was on this show a couple of weeks ago. He's running against a man that replaced Peter King when King decided to hang it up, Andrew Garbarino. And Cornicelli was uh, on Twitter yesterday 
asking me, please, Sid, I want to debate Garbarino. I want you to moderate the debate, you and Bernard. Uh, get this thing done. And there it is. There is the uh, the tweet right there. Nice job by Eric Salas, WABCRadio.tv. So Cornicelli reaching out and saying, hey, I want to debate Garbarino on your show. Let's get it done. I'm not sure that's ever going to happen, but at least that's a one story we can cover outside of the bodega with well, Peter King later on this morning. Without a doubt, but let me just put it this way. The, the reality is uh, Cornicelli, I love the guy. I believe an ex-Marine, right? B- b- yes. Big-time yeah. big ex-Marine. Yeah. And uh, say, we endorsed him in the primary, but it's uh, – look, the fact is he's, a, he's, uh, he's not a he, – he is a third-party candidate. He, like Ross Perot, will draw votes away from the Republican. Like Ross Perot draw, drew votes away from George Bush 41, he may give that seat to the Democrat, and I don't want that to happen. That is the, the sticky position that he puts us in. Yeah, He puts us in that very, very awkward mm-hmm. position because yeah. uh, we, we love this guy. But, uh, again, uh, you know, he's going to split the vote. Well, and- it's not just that we love this guy. Uh, this has been proven because Garbarino was on and could not defend it and or deny it. Garbarino has, uh, again, referred to January 6th as an insurrection. Now, you were out about uh, two weeks ago getting therapy, and I had Peter King on, and he was getting angry with me. He's like, Sid, Sid, it's one word. Stop with the word. Yes, he used the word insurrection. Stop with the word. You, you guys are spending way too much time on that one word. The fact is, he's the right guy for Long Island. He's a guy that I've endorsed. He makes all the right decisions. So stop already beating up, beating him up on that one word. That was King's take a couple of weeks ago. But uh, if you going to be angry about that word he did use it he did use it but uh listen in a general in a uh, primary you run to you you actually run to the right so it was bad for him in the primary because it pissed off people like us but in a in a general election you run to the middle so he won't be you know if they if if in the debate if they ask him about uh, january 6th you know he won't get tripped up that will help him in a general uh, debate in the general election coming close to November. Believe it or not, as screwed up as this is and as, 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 compromise, as it may force you to compromise your principles a little bit just to get elected, it will help him uh, that, yeah. that, that he had insurrection on that web page. No, I Believe, agree. I agree. That's, that's the weird thing about it. Yep. And that's, so uh, at this point, that's, it's all history. It's in the rearview mirror for us. We need Garbarino. We need a Republican in that seat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Cornicelli's not going to – he's not – he's not – He's not going to make it. No, I, listen, I, I agree with you. There's a lot of young faces and Republicans that I like. For example, uh, Tina Forte. We joke around about her, the real Tina, and she uses the F word, uh, every other word, and she's got no chance of beating AOC. No chance. But how great would it be if she did win? There's, uh, Joe Pinion is going to be live in studio coming up at 645 this morning. Uh, he's a guy that was at the Lee Zeldin press conference yesterday outside of Alvin Bragg's office incredibly impressive and, and and should wipe the floor with Chuck Schumer, who has wasted four decades, much brighter, has all the right ideas, loves your opinion. Right, yes, but, but, yes. But, but the odds are not in his favor. You know, Michael Henry, for example, a young kid in uh, Queens, I believe Ozone Park or Howard Beach, he may stop by one of these days. He's running against Letitia James for district attorney, Cornet Shelley. These are all young, fresh Republican faces that all have a huge, huge uphill climb ahead of them. I doubt any of them, if not uh, you know, one or two, may win. But these are the people that we, we may have to endorse somewhere down the road just to try to change the scenery, Bernard, just a little bit. 
Yeah, but we ha- we have to endorse the, the the person who won the Republican primary. Joe Pinion won the primary. He is the candidate. Well, he he's was picked. Pick- yeah, he was picked, right? Well, he still won the primary. I mean, he's the he's the Republican candidate with the R that's going to get the most votes. And if you have any third party candidates, they'll take votes away from him, ensuring that he loses against Schmuck Schumer in what will be uh, you know a tight race. Yeah. Schumer should win running away in a normal year, but this is a red wave year. So Pinion actually has a fighter's chance. Well, Michael, and, H- Michael Henry was also chosen by the Republican yeah, so that, Party, so, like so, Pinion, so, so, against Patricia James. Yes. Anybody who's got, got the Republicans, you know, who won the primary with the R be, behind their names, those are the guys that we have to endorse. The third-party candidates, we have to be wary. We have to be very selective. And, uh, again, with the, back to Cornicelli and Garbarino, Cornicelli doesn't have a chance. I'm sorry to say that. He does not have a chance. He's going to split the vote, the Republican vote. And that's why we have to we have to make these kind of Machiavellian choices. I, I hear you, but uh, Rob Astorino never had a chance either, and you endorsed him from day one. I don't want to hear it. I told you from day one, never had a chance. That was uh, before the primary. Yeah, that was I understand. Different. I understand. You're okay. right. You're right. Fair Thank point. You. Fair point. You got to once you are, once you and get point, that on, that's and it. Point. You got it. All right. So those are our four guests coming up today. Joe Pinion live in studio coming up at six forty-five. And again, he's up against Chuck Schumer. Seven forty. Jamie Lynn Sigler, aka Meadow Soprano. Eight forty. The great Congressman Peter King. And nine twenty-five. The wonderful actress. The Rain Bracco. But for me, and I will talk an awful lot about the bodega and all those things going on. Bernard, Joe Biden, all that stuff. The best story of the day, the best story of the day is the top story today on page six. Folks don't know, Anthony Weiner uh, works at this station. He does a weekend show, <laughs> him and Curtis Sliwa. Uh, I actually did a very, very emotional interview with Anthony Weiner a couple of months back. I actually had him crying in studio over his father, which, yeah. uh, which was a major, major moment for him. And listen, he takes a lot of abuse, and I get all that, and, and I understand all of it, and actually even okay with it, and I think so is he. But, uh, of course, everybody knows that he was married to Huma Aberdeen, Hillary Clinton's uh, buddy over there. And now it turns out that Huma Aberdeen has a new love, and in a million years, in a million years, I never would have predicted it would be this guy, but it is Hollywood heartthrob Bradley Cooper is banging Huma Aberdeen these days. I don't know if they even characterize it that way, but well, that's that's what's going on. I, just, I, I like it. I like it. I like it. That's good. That works for me. Uh, but Cooper's banging uh, Huma, 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 Huma. So uh, yeah, that's a, a, an amazing, incredible story. Apparently, it's been going on for months. Yeah, they were they were the Cupid who played Cupid was this uh, was this Anna Wintour lady who, who who organizes this Metropolitan Museum of Art show every year. Uh, she she got them together somehow or other, but uh, that is a bizarre uh, coupling right there. <laughs> I mean, really is. And you have to say to uh, Bradley Cooper, man, what the what, what, like? She's she's an attractive woman, but I mean, this guy has the pick of uh, the lot. He's he yeah. can pick anybody in the country, any woman, yeah, any attractive woman, and he goes for Huma Abedin. I know it's uh, weird. Hey, God bless. Yeah, whatever, I mean, what, you know whatever blows your dress up there, my friend. <laughs> You hey, go look, for it. She actually is is better looking than even just okay. She's actually a really pretty lady. No, really no, that's pretty. true. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. She but, is. but you know, listen, he's 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 gone where Anthony Weiner has gone. You know, I, I mean, that's part of that. That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> you, wh- wh- who needs that? Let, 
Who needs to go? The, the, the whole connection. It's it's so bizarre. It's so weird. And then you know, yeah, yeah. For example, uh, he 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 would have to meet Anthony at some point. Of course. At, at some very. Let's say he makes this a long term deal. Uh, she has, and that's that's the other thing. He she has a kid. Right. I mean, as, if well, you're so does uh, Anthony. That's Anthony's son too. No, but if you're if you're a big shot uh, movie star, I mean, or any anybody, you don't date. Women with kids. People, yeah, sure you do. You, you date women with kids. You don't necessarily marry women well, yeah, with kids. Okay, all right. But, but uh, you for date the, them. Of course you do. Just uh, let's say even on the street, if you can get a woman that doesn't have a kid that's hot, gorgeous, whatever, you go for something like that instead of a woman with a kid. I mean, on the hierarchy, on the pecking order of how you choose a woman. A woman with a kid is a liability. By the way, Bradley Cooper has a kid too, just so you know. But, that's uh, different. That's good. It's, it's okay. He's Bradley Cooper. <laughs> look, look. When he's, he's on, a, no, I know. But when he's on a movie set in France or uh, the Riviera, and whom was back here in Brooklyn, I don't know if Bradley Cooper. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's in love with her. Maybe this is this is it. These two. But I have a feeling that if he wants a woman without a kid, he's got about six, seven months a year of travel when he's acting on a movie set uh, where he you, can do whatever he wants look, to do. So. But, but if he's that's different. If, you, if you're gonna you know hit and run on a woman with a kid, right, uh, on the road, that's that's that doesn't matter. But now you have to go to these birthday parties. I mean, it's a real again, it's a liability on the street. You, if you can avoid it, you don't uh, date a girl with a kid. Yeah. You date the the girls, the hot girls without the kids. If you're half a loser, then you start you you go down a notch. You start dating women with children. Okay. I know I'm going to piss people off no, by yeah, saying man, this. I, I totally disagree with you a thousand percent. If you meet a hot woman and you're as wealthy as Bradley Cooper is, so money doesn't matter. And if, God, if one day he marries her and that kid becomes his financial responsibility, it doesn't matter. No, He's got financial. more money than Anthony Weiner could ever have. I, I don't mean so, financial. Yeah, but I don't I mean, care. I mean, if the woman's hot and she has a kid, who cares? You so got to go to graduations. So you got to go to... So well, what? it's a pain in the ass. It's something no, you don't it's need. Not. It's life. Again, That's you don't, life. You don't need it. It's uh, that, something. You and I uh, disagree on that one. Let's agree to disagree. A hot yes. woman, if okay. you have to go to graduation, you got to go to dinner. So what? For me, but, the but weird the un- part is going to be him sitting there with Huma and Anthony Weiner. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, no, that's true. But the uh, unwritten street rules, are I, I just laid them out. Those are okay. the facts. Those are the realities. And he's breaking those rules. And uh, f- for no good reason, because he's Bradley Cooper. Why are you doing it? Anyway. Because maybe he sees something in her that, that I'm, that's missing in my eyes. So you're telling me that if Danielle throws me out today, gorgeous girl, successful attorney, six-figure woman, and she's got two kids, that uh, guys are not going to want to be with Danielle because she's got two kids? Are you kidding me? The line would be from here to, to uh, Nantucket. Well, your, your kids are a little older, but still, yeah, it is, a, it is somewhat of a liability. If she can avoid if uh, they can avoid it, uh, guys do. They avoid women with kids. They really do. That's a that's a fact. That's a, that's a street fact. Mm-hmm. I don't um, know. It's, it, it, look, it, well, okay, we can agree to disagree. Yeah, let's agree but, to disagree. But yeah. I laid it out, and uh, if anybody wants to call in and and, and, and uh, you know expand on this or back me <laughs> or back sit up, right. uh, go go right ahead. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. It is a it's a good street discussion, and uh, nothing we planned here. But uh, no. that's that's my cynical view. It's a harsh view. But, but I believe it's the right view. All right, there you have it, folks. Uh, either way, check out that column page, 6 Today, Huma Aberdeen and uh, Bradley Cooper. So we just had a great opening segment. We haven't even touched the, uh, the big news of the day, of course, which we'll do right now coming up. As Bernie pointed out, the number, 1-800-848-9222. And uh, four great guests today, Joe Pinion, Jamie Lynn Sigler, Lorraine Bracco, and Congressman Peter King. We're just getting going. An epic Wednesday right here for Bernie and Sid. On Talk Radio 77, 
WABC. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Domo, Domo, Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Domo, Domo, Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Domo arigato. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Intoxicated. That's right. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. We heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app simulcast on an eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM. And uh, listen, it's uh, hump day. It's hump day. It's, and it's a heat wave in the middle of July, man. This is great. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. This is fantastic. I got the clip of the day, by the way, Lou, so don't sweat that. No sweat. I like what I hear. No sweat. You'll Everything be sweating when you walk outside today, 100 degrees. Yeah, that's what I just said. A big heat wave in the middle of July. This is great, man. Don't sweating. you love it? This is a great no, time. No, I don't love it. I hate it. You're going to be, you live by the ocean, man. I know, come, come I on. know. But, here's, I don't, but I'm not working by the ocean. Just that six-block walk uh, from the studios to Grand Central. There's no air conditioning on you're Third Avenue. Pick, you're not picking lettuce, for God's sakes, or working on a roof. Or, Listen, or, 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 I, I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm eternally grateful. I love where I am. But believe it or not, that seven-block walk to Grand Central, I'll be sweating like Kareem at the Boston Garden. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. Kareem at the Boston <laughs> Garden. That is uh, such a it's such an old reference, but that's good. I like it. <laughs> I, I like it a lot. Yeah, but even, uh, you know, for example, the homeless, they will flock to the subways today because yeah. even the subways yep. are air-conditioned. I mean, yeah. that's the place to be. Set up your, your encampment on a subway, <laughs> right. on the D train, man, and you live in large, you know, you live in, uh, you know, make, make sure you bring down uh, some food because you're going to be there for a while. Until nighttime. Nighttime ain't no time to be in this here neighborhood. So how about a watch? That's some old Cheech and Chong. Listen, uh, we were talking yesterday about the uh, th- the time that Biden got heckled. Uh, I didn't have the exact heckle clip, but it was so good, I decided to bring it to you today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, cut 18. This is a protester uh, at a, in a ceremony at the White House the other day for the victims of uh, shootings, mass shootings in this case. It was a, a, a dad from the Parkland shooting, Marjorie, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, uh, Parkland, Florida, cut 18, the protester, yelling at Biden at this event over Hunter's laptop. This is, ter- this is fantastic. Cut 18. Go ahead, Lou. I'm dealing with gun violence. What do you think about Hunter's Because make backup. no Mr. mistake. Mr. Sit down, you'll hear what I have to say. What you do think- you think about Hunter, your son? You- There's a video of him arguing with a hooker about how much crack he has. What do you think about that, Mr. President? Okay. Because make no mistake about it. How great was that? How great was that? You heard okay. the question loud and clear. Yeah. yeah. Over Hunter uh, arguing with a hooker uh, over how much crack they have. And I played that clip the other day. He was weighing a crack on a scale. The two of them whacked out of their faces. And that was, the, that was Peter Ducey quality. That was terrific. 
I mean, finally he got a question, so he knows about it. And uh, yeah, yeah, he didn't know what the what the hell to do. So uh, I don't know. That was uh, that was manna from heaven to my ears. I just love that. And then yesterday, by the way, Biden is in the air right now, on his way to the Middle East. He's going to land in a couple of hours, where he's going to go beg the Saudis to produce more oil to help me at home, because the price of oil is so high. I know I called you guys a bunch of thugs and animals and terrorists, but uh, still, I'm going to beg you to produce your dirty, filthy oil so we can uh, we we can get the price down because AOC and Greta Thunberg they won't allow me to produce the oil in my own country the oil under our feet oh please please uh please saudi bin laudi prince or whatever the hell your name is the crown prince i know i killed you over khashoggi by the way i don't care i'll give a rat's ass about the death of khashoggi so uh, but this mud is going to go over there and beg these people what a messed up situation we have so yesterday uh, it was uh, the after in the wake on the big day that uh, Jill Biden she says bogotas and she calls uh, Hispanic people tacos wouldn't you know that day um, Biden is meeting with the Mexican president I mean what are the odds right what the hell are the odds and, and Kamala Harris who stood outside and giggled and cackled for about three minutes yeah as a matter of fact she not only stood outside he she was he was essentially he was hitting on her. Uh, was uh, the president of Mexico, and uh, yeah, he was. I swear to God. Well, you know uh, she's listen. easy. I mean, the, the the mayor of San Francisco reams steamed and dry cleaned her. So you know she's easy. Why not give it a shot? Uh, yeah, uh, Willie Brown, the the the, the, the father of uh, all kinds of politics out there in California. Willie Brown, I mean, she was called uh, what was she called? His uh, his bun for his wiener. I forget what it was. Somebody said some something witty on TV. Cut eight. The president of Mexico outside the White House. Hitting on Kamala Harris. Listen to this. Mr. President, what's your message to Democrats who don't want you to run again? No, no, no. This is cut number, I'm sorry, cut number five, 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 five. Inteligente. An intelligent woman. Honesta. Honest. De modo que felicito al pueblo estadounidense. So I congratulate the U.S., the American people. So, so anyway, you're intelligent, you're beautiful. And uh, I'll see you after the meeting, all right, up in the uh, Lincoln bedroom. How about that? Hey, now. Let's do this. Mira, que pasa, mami? So anyway, you had that, and uh, Biden uh, sat there and met with him. It was very, very awkward. He didn't talk about fentanyl. He barely talked about fentanyl. He brought it up. It was just so stupid, such a waste of time. That is the biggest issue, too. I mean, that is the biggest issue coming out of Mexico are the illegal drugs and the fentanyl killing our kids by the hundreds of thousands. Where the hell has Vincente Fox when you need him? Where is this, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy was great. You, uh, what did he say? I'm not going to listen to effing Trump or whatever he said. <laughs> That's exactly what he you said. Know, we got to get some. We should pull some old clips of Vicente Fox just, yeah. you know, for laughs. Because <laughs> they were that. They, he was uh, he was hilarious. This guy, and he spoke English very, very well. Uh, so anyway, you have that. I'll get to more on Biden and the Mexican president. But in the meantime, uh, Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner, uh, stuck there in Moscow, convicted of uh, possessing drugs at the airport, faces 10 years. 10 years, and uh, Al Sharpton has decided to get involved. Joe Biden was very, very ineffective. And as a matter of fact, some would say he didn't uh, pay any attention to Brittany Griner for a long time. He didn't. For like a, she was rotting in a Moscow jail for 100 days. Black woman, right, right up Joe Biden's alley. He couldn't care less. No, couldn't give a rat's ass about her. And, by the way, there are 55 Americans languishing 
in Russian prisons and jails, and he's doing nothing about the, any of those people. And those people were getting pissed off at the recent attention that Brittany Griner was getting because they're like, wait, what do we got to do? So we're not WNBA, uh, lesbian, uh, Black Lives Matter people. Why can't we get the same attention from and letters from uh, Joe Biden on our family members? They were really getting pissed off. But uh, I, I digress. Interestingly enough, on his show on HBO, The Shop, LeBron James, uh, LeBron James, they released the trailer, and it's a short uh, a statement from LeBron about Brittany Griner. The rest of the show uh, drops on Friday, HBO. We'll get to see how LeBron expands on his comments. But these are the comments that they released from LeBron. A cut 27, Lou, please, LeBron James on Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner, she is in Russia. She's been there over 110 days. Now, how can she feel like America has her back? I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? What How a, do you like that? What what a, what, 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 a, what an ungrateful Ugh. piece of garbage. Go back Why would I want to go back leave. to America? This guy's he is now a, a billionaire. Forbes magazine, he's now a legitimate billionaire. This guy wouldn't make 50 cents in any other country in this world because all he could do is play basketball, and they pay him very handsomely here. He is a real ungrateful son of a bitch. He's an ingrate mutt is what he is. But, but we always knew that. Uh, we always knew what, what his real sentiments were. But uh, minutes later, after they released the trailer and he started getting heat uh, from people calling him, just what, just what you said, Sid, right there. Uh, this is the tweet he, he, he wrote uh, just minutes after that trailer was released. Quote, my comments on the shop regarding Brittany Griner wasn't knocking our beautiful country, said LeBron. He says, uh, I was simply saying how she's probably feeling emotionally, along with so many other emotions, thoughts, etc." Inside that cage, she's been in for over 100-plus days. So, uh, That's not what he and, said. And, and then, long story short, hashtag bring her home. He ends it with that. He didn't but say it, that. No, no, he didn't. And he's basically doubling down on what he said uh, in the tweet. But uh, he's a piece of garbage. We all knew that. Everybody knew that. And the only reason he's getting involved in CARES is because she's black. Right. So who's the racist here, huh? He's been a racist for a long time. I used to love him. Again, I was down in Miami when he came there. I covered him very closely. Interviewed LeBron many times. Him, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. But he has really turned into a despicable person. And now he becomes the third, the third liberal over the last couple of months to backtrack because they're all pussies. Tom Swazi, uh, Macy Gray, and LeBron James. It's all having it, it together. It, which doesn't belong in why. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, LeBron James, the uh, the low life that he is, uh, weighs in on it, and he's so stupid, so ignorant. She wouldn't want to come back to this country. Hey, she's going to come back to this country and go to the top of the uh, Empire State Building at, uh, at the observatory and scream the national anthem to this to, for all Americans to hear. No, she won't. Yeah, she wants to come back. To no, this she damn. won't. She won't do that though. She should and no, she'll come she back won't. as a hero. But she's going to come back angry and but, irritable and become the face. She'll be standing next to Rapinoe, Megan Rapinoe, and she shouldn't. You're right. She should be doing that. But these are very angry people, despite their amazing success. But you would agree that if 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 the deal was presented to her, hey, you can leave that Moscow jail you're in right now. If you come back and go up to the top of the Empire State Building and sing the national anthem, that's your only way out of uh, Russia, the Russian jail. You know she would say yes. Mm, I don't know. Absolutely. You think Colin Kaepernick would say that if he was in prison sure, somewhere? Sure, the big 
baby piece of garbage, uh, thumb-sucking uh, <laughs> coward that he is? Yeah. Absolutely he would. Okay. Anything to get out of that Russian jail. They would, that, that, would put, that puts this country into perspective yeah. when you're overseas. Anywhere, anytime you go overseas, even just as a, a tourist, you go overseas, say, to England and Ireland or whatever, Europe, the first thing you notice when you come back to the United States is the size of our cars at the airport. How big they are compared to Europe. Interesting. That's that's the first. Uh, yeah, no, that's no. the first comparison not, not, not you for make. Me. When I landed Kennedy and Laguardia, I'm like, oh my god, it's so dirty here. Anyway, that's what I think. <laughs> uh, well, listen, uh, she's going to kiss the ground uh, that she walks on when she gets back, and then then quickly these pe- people are going to poison her mind to again hate yep. America. Right now, she would give her left leg to be back in America. I believe anyway. On the Bernie and Sid show, listen, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Jamie Lynn Siegler, uh, Lorraine Bracco, Congressman Peter King, all coming up. Traffic and sports coming up as well. But right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listening to Protecting America with Rita Cosby on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Here Rita talks about incident reports. The gun seller sees obviously nothing in the record. Is there something where if somebody is so mentally disturbed, if it doesn't rise, quote, to a crime, you still should have something marked in the system. My goodness, this is sort of the last person who should have had access to guns. The parents should have known that, but I think anybody would have known it. Yeah, the problem is what was probably filed was an incident report. The incident report goes into the record management system of the local police department, which is usually not hooked to any other database. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Let's start right there for our guy Joseph Nolan, the best traffic reporter in the history of the business. The Yankees. Yankees took a 3-0 lead. The 8 last night against Cincinnati. I think they were 49-0 in games where they had that lead into the 8th and ninth innings. And they lost. All-star pitcher Clay Holmes gave up two hits, walked the batter, four earned runs in zero innings of work. The Reds put four up and beat the Yankees in heartbreaking fashion, 4-3 to three the final score. This after a couple of heartbreaking losses to the Red Sox over the weekend. So the Yanks, a bit of a slide right now, but I wouldn't worry all that much. Yankees are still 35 games over 500, and last I checked, they lead the Boston Red Sox by 14 games. So not exactly a race just yet like the NL East. Anyway, Yankees and Reds will do it again today. Luis Severino on the mound for the Bombers. The Mets, much different story. Atlanta Braves, they won game one of that series. Lengthened the lead back to two and a half. Now it's back to one and a half. Four brave pitchers held the Mets to just five hits last night, and Atlanta beat the Mets by a final score of four to one. David Peterson did strike out nine along the way, but again, the Met lead once again down to a game and a half over the Braves. They'll play the third and final game of that set later on tonight. Chris Bassett on the mound for the Mets, and then the Mets head to Wrigley for a four-game set against the Cubs tomorrow before the All-Star break coming up on Sunday. Tomorrow, British Open, St. Andrews, Scotland, and yes, Tiger Woods back on the course. Yesterday, Tiger, a few choice words for Greg Norman on the new LIV Golf League. Uh, I know Greg tried to do this, you know, back in the early 90s. Um, it didn't work then, and um, he's trying to make it work now. 
and I still don't see how that's in the best interest of the game. Tiger Woods, top one, Greg Norman. If Gandhi Malkin, by the way, re-signed with the Penguins, four years, $24 million. Sports brought to you by the great Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers. Check them out, peerlessboilers.com, pavilliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Republican candidate for Senator Joe Pinion coming up next. We are Bernie and Sid. I'm Sid with sports. Seems I've got to have a chance <laughs> Poor bastard, Brian Kilmeade. Does a great job every day after me and Bernie is on at 10 o'clock. I terrorize a kid every day. So there it is again. He'll start the show at 10 o'clock by saying, Sid doesn't want me to talk about this because he asked when he called in at 5.30 this morning. I yelled at him. That's and funny. <laughs> it's every That's day. very, very funny. <laughs> I know. He's such a great guy, as you know, Bernie, even more yep. than me. And uh, he plays along every time, and he's like, okay, what do you want me to say, not to say? And uh, so don't talk about the Mets today. Uh, anyway, yesterday uh-huh. was a big deal outside of this, uh, this DA Alvin Bragg's office. Lee Zeldin, the Republican candidate for governor, did show up this after, I think, being cajoled basically by me, Bernie, and uh, Bo Deedle. Uh Maybe he was going to go there before. I don't know. But he did show up. He wasn't alone. I mentioned uh, the Republican DA candidate, Michael Henry, Henry. I think he was there. And our next guest, who's on with me and Bernie quite a bit, we love this guy. He is the Republican candidate for senator going up against that louse Chuck Schumer. Usually in studio, but on the phone this morning, he may be traveling, who knows. Former Newsmax host, and again, the man you should be voting for come November, Joe Pinion. He was out there yesterday, too. So with that said, here he is, Joe Pinion. Welcome back, uh, Sid and Bernie. Joe, how are you, pal? Good to be with you guys. Yeah, traveling to Brooklyn, which sometimes can uh, be more difficult to get to than Albany. So <laughs> I had to had to get myself on the road here, but always good to be with you guys. Yeah, uh, you're right about that. It's not easy to get to the boroughs. Let's get right to yesterday afternoon. You were out there, Lee Zeldin, Michael Henry, a host of others. Uh, of course, uh, the, the whole bodega issue, Alvin Bragg, will he drop the charges against Mr. Alba? Now, all of a sudden, the mayor, hey, maybe we'll charge the girlfriend. No kidding, moron. Anyway, describe what it was like yesterday, what you heard, and what you think is going to happen. Well, look, I think yesterday and this tragedy in general has been the canary in the coal mine for New Yorkers, where you had individuals say that, no, they were just uh, trying to provide equity uh, for all people. Then it was they were just trying to provide uh, a justice system that worked for people of all colors and all creeds. Then they said, Uh, Well, it's not that they don't like people defending themselves. They just don't like uh, guns in general. Well, uh, this event did not involve a gun. There were no bullets fired. And yet it was very clear from the position taken by uh, D.A. Alvin Bragg uh, that they do not believe you have the right to defend yourself. Uh, that somehow they have decided that you are having the ability uh, to protect yourself, your family, uh, your livelihood uh, is something that is no longer permitted here in New York. And that should terrify everyone because this is indeed the land of the free, the home of the brave. And if we don't have that right, uh, then you start having to ask yourself the question, what rights do we even have anymore? Exactly right, Joe Pinion, candidate for uh, Senate running against uh, Schmuck Schumer here in New York. And uh, so you're absolutely right about this. And this this uh, story has been resonating not only in New York, but all over the country. Everybody's been talking about it as the biggest story out of New York uh, uh, this past week. And uh, the man you're running against who holds a Sunday press conference, 
uh, every Sunday, every single Sunday, just to get his mush on the, on the TV because he's such a, a media whore, a, a Chuck Schumer. He, he, and he, he goes on about the most inane things. Airline seats are too small. Uh, you know, the newsstand at Penn Station doesn't have enough New York Times. But he never talks about anything people care about, like the riots. Never mentions the damn riots. Doesn't, never mentions the no-cash bail law. And, of course, never has talked about this past Sunday, did not talk about the uh, Jose Alba, the clerk, who got wrongly uh, charged. Uh, such an injustice that everybody knows it. And Schumer ignored it. Uh, how's that going to hurt him in November? Can you make hay out of that? Look, I think the hard truth is that you are elected to serve the people, and it is quite clear from the things he talks about, but more so from the things he refuses to acknowledge, uh, that Chuck Schumer remains completely out of touch with the everyday needs of the 19 million and shrinking that call this great state home. Uh, we lead the nation in outward migration because Chuck Schumer has stayed quiet while Syracuse became the epicenter of child poverty in the nation. Uh, stayed quiet while we watched as shootings went up 90% and homicide went up 30% in New York City. Stayed quiet while Rochester, New York became a more dangerous place to live than Chicago, Illinois. And so we are telling people all across this state uh, that if you can hear my voice, if you can hear Bernie and Sid's voice, you have the power to remove Chuck Schumer from power after 24 years in the Senate, 42 years in Congress. Uh, but we need your help to do it uh, because this is the year that we will break the back of one-party rule and tell Chuck Schumer that you are not allowed to empower yourselves at the expense of the people whose vote allowed you uh, to rise to become the most powerful man in D.C. All right, 60 seconds to go. JoePinion.com, that's where you go this morning to help get Joe elected. Uh, clearly, Sid, Bernie, and New York loves him. And uh, we hate Chuck Schumer, bottom line. Uh, 60 seconds to go. You were there, Lee Zeldin, the Republican candidate for governor. Did he seem gubernatorial to you yesterday? Was he a real leader out there outside Bragg's office yesterday? Well, absolutely. I mean, I think, as he said himself, uh, if we do not have recall elections in New York. Literally, the only person who is in power uh, to make sure that DAs that go rogue actually follow the law is the governor. And so this silence here by Kathy Hochul to say that she does not have the power to do anything when that is not the case, uh, this silence by people like Chuck Schumer who put their head in the sand while the bodies pile up in the streets and we have more and more violence from people being shot in broad daylight on their way to brunch uh, to what we saw here uh, with Mr. Alba. Uh, this is the time for people to stand up and say, if you are not going to prioritize our needs, our safety and our security, then you are unfit for service. And we, the people of New York, are going to go in a different direction. And people can go to JoePinion.com because this is the year from nurses to police officers. We're going to build that uncommon coalition. We're going to have a New York state and an America that has every single person's needs on the front burner, not the yeah. back burner. Yes, love it. Listen, it's all about name recognition. Joe Pinion, you're getting screwed by the, the biased media in New York. New York. The name is Joe Pinion for Senate, ladies and gentlemen, and you heard him. Go to JoePinion.com. Help him out. Change New York. End this one-party rule we have. Get rid of Schmuck Schumer, who doesn't have your interest in, 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 in his heart. Joe Pinion, you're great, man. Thank you. Uh, a breath of fresh air. Good luck to you, and you're welcome here anytime. 
Well, God bless you guys. Thank you so much. And again, come help us knock on these doors. They don't knock themselves. Um, <laughs> and this is the year uh, we can get it done, folks. Right. JoePinion.com, P-I-N-I-O-N. Love that guy. Thank you for that. Still a lot more great guests to come on this program, including a.k.a. Meadow Soprano, the lovely Jamie Lynn Sigler. This morning happens to be Tony Sirico's mass, his funeral, 1030 this morning in Brooklyn. It's going to be a, a huge deal, obviously a packed house. So Jamie Lynn will join us at 740. Another star from The Sopranos, as well as Goodfellas, Lorraine Bracco. She'll join us at 925. And the great congressman, Peter King, comes your way at 840. So still lots more to do this epic Wednesday edition, hump day edition of Bernie and Sid, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Baseball 77 WABC and the Staten Island Ferry Hawks have a special discount for the Ferry Hawks game coming up on July the 30th versus the Lancaster Barnstormers. 77 WABC listeners go to www.ferryhawks.com for tickets and use the code WABC for a special discount. Plus, stick around after the game for post-game fireworks, which are going to be immense. I mean huge. Go to www.ferryhawks.com, use the code WABC, and head to Staten Island. Go see Vito Fosella, Joe Borelli, Johnny Tobacco, Frank Morano, all those fine folks, and enjoy America's pastime right in your own backyard. I actually saw a, a picture of uh, Kelsey Whitmore, and you know who she is, of course, Bernie. Yeah, she's the female uh, pitcher on the uh, Ferry Hawks. That's right, and I uh, had a chance to meet her, take pictures with her when I was there that opening night, but I saw a picture of Kelsey last weekend, uh, not in Staten Island at a baseball game, but wearing a bikini on the beach. Oh, really? <laughs> you Good saw that, her. Mikey Diaz? Uh, I'm not going to make any comments. Uh, I'm married and, and uh, happily married. I love my wife to pieces. But, uh, Frankie, what would you think? Kelsey Whitmore on the beach. That means i got to go to the beach now. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. You know what I'm saying? So if Edgardo Alfonso doesn't want to play her, uh, then at least put her out there in a bikini or something before they get <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Saturn and Ferry Hawks taking on the Lancaster Barnstormers coming up July the 30th, and that's uh, a beautiful stadium. Uh, John Katsimatidis has done a tremendous job with that. Gary Perrone, uh, Eric Scheffler, the whole crew. Check that out coming up on uh, July the 30th. The Mets did lose last night. The Yankees also lost last night. Tiger Woods getting ready for the British Open at St. Andrews tomorrow. By the way, the last three times... That Tiger has played the British Open at the home of golf, that course in St. Andrews. Tiger has won two of those three events, but I wouldn't bet on him winning this week. No, well, he's still banged up. I mean, yeah, yeah. he's pretty much done, don't you yes, think? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, so uh, yeah. it's exciting to watch, and it would be a miracle. And so you watch TV uh, hoping for miracles, maybe. But, uh, yeah, no, Tiger Woods is uh, it's over for Tiger. and. For him to come out and, and, and criticize, uh, you know, Norman. the Saudi, Greg yeah. Norman and the yeah. Saudi uh, Golf League or whatever the hell it is, 
I mean, uh, well, what does he need that for? Why didn't he just stay out of it? I well, mean, because uh, he's loyal to those people. He's made it's kind of like LeBron James, you know, when the country, loyal to who? What what people? Uh, the PGA golf tournament, the, the PGA tour that has made yeah, but, all these guys a ton of money. Yeah, but the issue is that uh, the Saudis are. You know, they're bad people, so don't get nah, involved with them. That's not the issue. Tiger's issue is the PGA Tour has made all these men incredibly wealthy. They've taken care of all these men. It's the same thing like LeBron James. This country, the NBA, has made LeBron James very, very wealthy. And if he decided to go play for some league outside the United States, he'd be under the same scrutiny. So I agree with Tiger Woods. I understand why the guys did it. We're always going to take the money every time. I get well, it. But Tiger's it, it, okay. right. They, they made these guys very wealthy. If loyalty is the issue, all right. But you're the, you're the one who always says... Follow the money. Well, I mean, and, and, uh, you and, know, I, and I said it again just now. But Tiger's talking about loyalty, and Tiger happens to be a well, thousand percent if it's, right. If it's about the Saudis and mor- morality, no, uh, then I disagree. If it's about loyalty, no. that's a different issue. That's what he said. He never mentioned morality. He never mentioned Saudi Arabia. He mentioned the PGA Golf Tour made a lot of these guys very wealthy. Gave them the lives they've got today, and they basically stabbed the tour in the back. And Tiger's right. Anyway, I'll pay him more. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Oh, you mean the PGA Tour. Maybe they should do that. Anyway, that's a great hour. Great hour. Lots more to come. Hour two of Bernie and Sid on this Wednesday morning. Keep it right here. Hey, now. We're doing it live. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, ladies and gentlemen, 107.1 FM. And uh, happy hump day, this uh, July 13th, the middle of summer. It's beautiful. It's going to be hot. It's, uh, it's, it's the ultimate summer day. It's going to be beautiful. I mean, yeah, a little bit hot, but enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen. It's great. Uh, so, listen, let's take it up right here. Let's get right to it. Uh, Sydney, uh, uh, it was Fernando Mateo actually met with the uh, racist uh, DA, the pro-criminal DA, Alvin Bragg, who locked up uh, Jose Alba, the Dominican clerk, the, my Dominicano immigrant who's working hard and was assaulted. He stabbed the, uh, the parolee who assaulted a cop to death, and a man should, who should be a hero was charged uh, with uh, second-degree murder, spent six days in Rikers Island, six traumatizing days, in Rikers Island. Anyway, Fernando Mateo, the leader of the uh, Taxi and Bodega Union, a Dominican immigrant himself, he met with uh, Bragg, and this is what he said yesterday. Uh, play Fernando Mateo, please, Louis, uh, from yesterday. We just met with District Attorney Alvin Bragg. It was a very, very good meeting. Uh, we were very surprised at his want willingness to work with us and his willingness to listen to us and understand what the problems bodega owners go through every single day. Unlike what we have heard that he is soft on crime and that, you know, the city is in shambles because of his actions, 
we didn't feel that way. This meeting was very productive and very good. Bottom line is you failed, Fernando. <laughs> the man is still uh, is still uh, is holed up in his well, apartment. That's true. His miserable little apartment, and, and the charges stand. That's true. Well, first of all, he did get the name right this time, so I think he was listening to you, Bernie, because you pointed out three times yesterday correctly. He called him Alvin Briggs, so he got the name right. But yeah. but Fernando may not have failed because if you read today's New York Post, at the very least, at least this uh, idiot Alvin Bragg is considering, as of this morning, seriously considering dropping the charges, and and maybe even charging the perp's girlfriend. So he may have made some headway yesterday, not right away, but it's not a failure just yet. Well, considering what? What, what, what is there to consider? I don't the know. videotape is clear. I agree. So uh, the, the longer this goes on, the more, well, you know what he's waiting for? Some big news event so he can hide when he drops the charges, hmm. hide behind the news event, uh, and people won't cover. You're probably right. He's, he's hoping, yeah, the media attention will die down, which it will. And so, again, uh, the longer it goes on, the longer it's a victory for this creep of Bragg. And Kathy Hochul, uh, you, you're a lowlife. You're a piece of garbage. The fact that you haven't fired this guy, Eric Adams, uh, I, I haven't heard you vociferously call out Alvin Bragg by name. So all around, we're being uh, disappointed by our politicians you got to vote Lee Zeldin. He, he was out there in front of uh, Bragg's office yesterday screaming, saying the right things. Uh, Lee Zeldin, the leader, the uh, Iraq war vet, we have to vote for Lee Zeldin and get this Hochul out of there because he's on the side of the hardworking Dominican, and uh, Kathy Hochul is on the side of the criminal, clearly, clearly. And speaking of which, uh, speaking of Dominicanos and Latinos, uh, First Lady Jill Biden, uh, First Lady, Jill Biden, the, the wife of the imbecile, uh, she said this the other day in San Antonio, just to remind you, and she apologized for it, but this is what she said. I'm going to play it because, well, it's funny. Cut number one. Go ahead, Lil. The diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, oh. the National Hispanic uh, Journalist Association uh, tweeted it out. Essentially, they, they, they did say, quote, unquote, we are not tacos. And, of course, yeah, right? I mean, and Bogota's. I, I and, mean, Bogota's. Uh, and the RNC, by the way, is now selling T-shirts, the Republican National Committee, that uh, quote Jill Biden's taco comments. So the RNC, you can buy those T-shirts today. You see what I mean? But that's what we need from Nick Langworthy on this uh, bodega. Yes. Do something. Something. Get something going. Get a commercial out there. I haven't seen anything. Exploit this situation. Get get in on it. And exploit sounds like a, a bad word. Well, take advantage of it. It's made. It's this is what elections, winning elections, are made of. Incidents like this. So anyway, that's the what Repub they do. That's what they do. They took some of the most you know really innocuous things that Donald Trump said. And made it sound like he said uh, the worst things ever. And sometimes it did work in their favor. I guess it did inevitably because Joe Biden won the election, even if you thought it was rigged. So if they do that, why wouldn't we do that? Exactly right. I mean, what are you waiting for? You want to win or what? Get off your ass. Let's Think out of the box. Let's go. This is the year, as Joe Pinion just said. Uh, listen, Joe Biden uh, once referred to, uh, oh, by the way, in her apology, the uh, First Lady Jill she wrote, well, you know, I have nothing but love for the Latino community. She didn't say Latinx. She said Latino community. Anyway, she was at an event that, that it was a Latinx event, but she dropped it because, well, 
you, you know, she maybe she got religion or something. You know, the reason why the, they call it Latinx is they want to they want to degender of what whatever the word is. They want to take away. You know, Latino means male, Latina means woman, and they wanted to make it gender neutral, and that's the reason for it. And the Latinos like screw you. We're Latinos and Latinas. That's that. Anyway, Joe Biden in the past, uh, he's 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 done the same thing. Latinx cut nine. Uh, Joe Biden on uh, the Latinos. Go ahead, Lou. It's awful hard as well to get Latinx vaccinated as well. <laughs> and wouldn't you know? It, uh, the, I, I know, right? So so embarrassing. <laughs> Yesterday, Joe Biden actually had to meet with the Mexican president, and uh, it was it was. So awkward. It, it was so terrible. But uh, he barely brought up fentanyl. And then, of course, when it was time for questions, uh, this is what happened. The question session was, uh, well, it sounded a little bit like uh, cut number seven. Louis, go ahead. Mr. Mr. No, so no quite doesn't answer the questions, and that's why it was great the protester asked him about Hunter Biden's laptop the other day. Won't answer questions. I mean, this is the, the least transparent administration ever. It's just an abomination, these creeps down there. Uh, look, the January 6th hearing, they released one of the tapes of uh, Rudy Giuliani when he was deposed by them, and they were talking about a meeting in December that Trump had with his aides and with uh, some lawyers and uh, certain of, of the some of the White House, House staff were telling Trump to pull back, and the others, like Rudy Giuliani, he was he he was having no part of that. He was telling him toughen up. We got uh, well, we we have a chance to uh, beat this uh, you know this 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 fraud in the election. Cut number twenty three. This is what Rudy Giuliani said when he was deposed. Go ahead. I'm going to categorically describe it as you guys are not tough enough. Or maybe I put it another way: you're a bunch of what? You're a bunch of pe- bunch of pussies, is what he said. Oh my man! I thought I was the only guy that used that word all the time. Good for Ru- Rudy. God. Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, he did. So uh, he was part of that. Still, the whole thing is a scam and a sham. But I thought, uh, you know, that's that's our guy. That's that how tough great. he is. Yes. And, and by the way, Biden is uh, about to land in the Middle East. He's gonna he's gonna you know he's gonna suck up to and get on his knees to uh, the Saudis to to produce more oil. So he can get, for political reasons, so he can get the price down here in the United States. And they decided no handshakes uh, in the entire trip. This way he, he can avoid a handshake with the crown prince, who is the guy who ordered the uh, death, the assassination, or the, the killing of Khashoggi at the Turkish embassy. And part of the uh, Saudi demand for meeting with Joe Biden, it's not even guaranteed that they're going to produce more oil, but part of the Saudi demand, you want to meet with us? You, you contribute $100 million for Palestinian hospitals in East Jerusalem. So Biden agreed to this extortion for the privilege of begging the Saudis to produce more oil, which we could produce right here, creating tens of thousands more jobs. But God forbid we do it. We're going to spend $100 million for Palestinian hospitals, money we don't have in this age of inflation, just going to cause more inflation. But in any case, uh, that's where we are right there with uh, with Joe Biden, just a piece of garbage, wasting our money. And, again, we could spend that. We could we produce that oil right here, for God's sakes. What the hell are we doing? We're committing suicide. But uh, there are some smart people down there in Washington, D.C., and one of them is Senator Josh Hawley. 
he was uh, he, he was conducting. Uh, well, they were conducting a Senate hearing. Regard, I believe it was about Title Nine. It was. And yep. yeah, so yeah. so. And by the way, you, you mentioned Josh Hawley. Don't forget that as we talked the last couple of weeks about all these animals showing up in front of Brett Kavanaugh's house, all these protesters. Not that long ago, they did the same to Josh Hawley's house with his wife and a baby. And he came out about as courageous as anybody. That day, I really started to love and gain respect for that guy. So he's been under the same circumstances and comes out shining in a big way. Oh, very nice. Very nice. I'm glad to hear uh, your your admiration for the the young lad, Joshua Hawley. He's very, very young. He beat that uh, that that loser, that, that overweight uh, creep, uh, Claire McCaskill. Yes. He beat her to take the seat. Anyway, he was he, he was interviewing, uh, conducting an interrogation of this Berkeley professor, this nose ring wearing Berkeley professor, and they were talking about the definition of a woman. And this awoke uh, a weasel. She tried to turn it around, but anyway, Josh Hawley came out smelling like a rose. It it was magnificent, masterful. I I might add. Cut number twelve. Josh Hawley versus the Berkeley professor. Go ahead, Lou. Here is the modern Democrat Party today. It is that you have to say that men can get pregnant. I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, <laughs> Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, oh my <laughs> um, God. and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. Uh -huh. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning because so we can't talk about it because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm is denying that trans people exist by asking are you, you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that the, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think. Can get <laughs> so pregnant. you are denying that trans people exist. Thank and that oh leads to God. violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, Absolutely. or are they also treated like this, where no, you, no, no, they're, they're told that to they're opening up people to oh, violence? We have a good time in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned you, a lot. I just know. In this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. So well, do you believe uh, that? Uh, listen, I got to tell you. First of all, uh, this young generation has to stop, stop starting sentences with so. And ending sentences with, yeah, they do it all the time. So, uh, but I have to tell you, and you're not going to like this, Bernard, she uh, made me nauseous, and her line was ridiculous, and what she thinks is absolutely preposterous and crazy, but she absolutely held her own in that back and forth. That was a good toe-to-toe. -to -toe. What, what she said was that if you say that men cannot get pregnant, uh, you're opening uh, up... Yeah. Uh, uh, you, 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 you're committing violence. You're yeah. opening up uh, people to commit yeah. violence. Ridiculous. I so, said what you so said was what, ridiculous. What that, is, what that essentially says, that's censoring people. That's what she says to her kids in the classroom. Don't even bring that up. So he effectively shut her down. He said, that's the way you treat. We can't have an open and free discussion about 
men be, not being able to he, be pregnant. He, he yeah. didn't shut it down, bro. Uh, again, uh, I think I think in terms of the context and what was talked about, I agree with Josh Hawley one hundred percent. I agree with that stupid lady zero percent. But he she did not uh, he did not shut her down. She kept going back at him. Come join the classroom. Maybe you'll learn something. I yeah. thought that was a good toe to toe. And he he was saying I would learn that I can't speak my mind in the classroom. Right. And that and that and that's the, the problem with our colleges these days. Uh, I agree. With these woke, uh, angry woke uh, professors uh, with nose rings, wearing nose rings, screaming at you to shut you down. Uh, you and by the way, you? that's a taxpayer taxpayer funded college, yeah. Berkeley. So we're paying we're paying for this lady. At least the California taxpayers are. But uh, listen. He was in, you know, you have in this woke world, you know, he can't scream at her and and, and speak your real mind. Right. But as far as he can go, he went, and I think he he exposed her and these colleges, these universities, for the woke censorship-ridden uh, places that they are, and ridiculous that men can get pregnant. I think he exposed that, that. fairly well as much as he could. Yeah. But listen, one more. Uh, this toddler. These toddlers out in St. Paul, Minnesota, these kids, these little black kids in underwear and diapers, they're out there. The police show up for some reason, and they're out there screaming at the cops, cursing at them, uh, your ugly-ass shoes, and uh, yep. calling them bitch and hitting them. A cut 24. See if you can decipher some of the words from these kids. But there's about four or five of these black kids on the street in their underwear assaulting and cursing at police officers. Go ahead, 24. <laughs> He said, bitch. The ugly ass church shoes. I heard that. Yep. Oreo had it. Another bitch. <laughs> so you get the idea. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. And they call, and it was one of them was a black cop. You heard him say Oreo. Yeah. These are these these. I'm talking about three, four year old kids. Disgusting. On the street, it disgusting. really is disgusting. Yeah. And uh, th that these kids are going to grow up, and what's going to happen? Are they going to terrorize neighborhoods? A and then end up in prison. I don't care about the end of. I do care about the end of in prison, I guess. But uh, uh, this civil rights leader, Bob Woodson, he put it nicely. Uh, please play Cut 29 before we get out of here. Bob Woodson, civil rights leader, he's black. Uh, go ahead, Luke, 29. I think the whole nation should be outraged at the abuse of these children, and it really is child abuse. They are instilling hatred in these children, and hatred is malignant and is non-directional. It's going to uh, in adversely affect their worldview, and, and they, it's, they're, we really are incubating tomorrow's predators by instilling this kind of hatred. And, and, and it's very interesting that the police are the objects of it, when in fact those same police officers that are being vilified will be back in that community next week putting black babies or, and, and children and other in body bags. we got to change this culture, man. That's where it starts. That's it right there. Four-year-olds are brainwashed into calling cops bitches, Oreos, and your ugly-ass church shoes. I mean, that kind of hatred at that age? We're doomed if we don't turn this country around. On the Bernie and Sitcher, we're going to talk to Jamie Lynn Sigler. We're going to talk to Lorraine Bracco and Congressman Peter King. 
on the Bernie and Sid Show. Keep it where it is, folks. We're coming right back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Wednesday, as we approach mid-summer, the Democratic Party remains in deep trouble because the American people are suffering economically. A recent New York Times poll puts President Biden's job approval at barely over 30 percent. That's hard to believe. But even more difficult to fathom is that the Times, along with the overwhelming majority of corporate media, enthusiastically endorsed old Joe in 2020. There's an old song by Connie Francis called, Who's Sorry Now? But of course, the media is not sorry. They would sacrifice the entire country to keep Trump out of power. And so we, the people, have to endure the pain of incompetence. We can't even get answers from this befuddled president about serious things. Why did you sell U.S. reserve oil to China, Joe? Why the open border? Are you concerned at all about record numbers of migrants and narcotics flowing into the country? Why no word from the federal grand jury investigating Hunter Biden for two years? What does Attorney General Merrick Garland have to say about that? Why is nothing being done about the airline collapse? Why not drop regulations on the fuel industry so we can harvest more oil in the USA and prices would drop? So many questions, Joe Biden. So few answers. Well, it is all going to change in the midterm elections this coming November. With a 33% approval rating, the Democrats will get waxed. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. On your hump day, Wednesday morning, a hot one, but a beautiful sunny day here in New York City. Coming up in about three hours in Brooklyn is the mass, the funeral for Tony, a.k.a. Paulie Walnuts Sirico, dear friend of mine, friend of Bernie as well. And um, all of the great actors and actresses are making their way to Brooklyn today to say goodbye to Paulie. And uh, two of them in particular, two very talented ladies Lorraine Bracco, who, of course, played Dr. Melfi. And I always tell people this, The Sopranos was not a mob show. I mean, that was the periphery. 
really what David Chase did, which was genius, was the family, the family, the, the wife, the, the kids, the psychological issues, the fact that a mob boss in New Jersey would sit with a psychiatrist every week. That was The Sopranos. All the other stuff, the murders and the mob stuff, that was a periphery. That's not why the show was, was ultra yeah. successful. And that was genius out of David Chase. And that was the Wayne Broncos' role as Dr. Melby sitting there. In fact, you remember uh, one of the great scenes ever, which they never, ever went back to for some reason, was when she was raped in the stairwell, and we never found out who did it. And there was no retribution, Bernie. Well, yeah, I guess uh, maybe they ran out of time or something. I'm well, not sure. Well, that was early on. That was early on. They never went well, back to it. You know, maybe just the, the plot. The writers decided it's a dead end. Let, let's not pursue uh, yeah. it. Let's go on. And uh, maybe in uh, 20 years, Sid Rosenberg won't be asking about it on the radio. <laughs> well, I got to tell but, you, uh, I, I was hoping to see Tony grab the guy like he did to Ralphie, for example, and rip his head off. Actually, I'm going to ask Noreen about that later on this morning. She's going to join us coming up at 925. She also played... Ray Liotta, his wife, uh, Karen Hill, in the great movie Goodfellas. But coming up next, uh, one of Tony's kids, a.k.a. metal soprano, Jamie Lynn Sigler. She was just uh, great. She's a beautiful young lady and uh, has gone on to uh, have a great career on her own. So lots to do today. Peter King is going to stop by as well. Jamie Lynn Sigler coming up next. But first, you've got some work to do. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good. Great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning. I walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. (laughs) Yeah, Jimmy Lynn was in that diner. The last episode of The Sopranos, Don't Stop Believing Journey. Got a long history burning crew here with uh, Jamie Lynn dating back to 2000. My first job here in New York City I was hosting the morning show, WNEW, and she was in a couple of times. Sopranos was just becoming a major hit, and uh, she did my show on Opie and Anthony a couple of times. Uh, then, of course, uh, the only time I've ever seen WWHL live with Andy Cohen about two and a half years ago. Uh, Dolores was on, and uh, on with her that night was Jamie Lynn Sigler. and had a chance to spend some time with Jamie Lynn in the green room that night. But my best Jamie Lynn memory, Bernard, goes way back when I was coaching for uh, three consecutive years, the Christopher Reeve hockey team at Madison right. Square. You remember that, Bernie? Sure do. And uh, one year, my assistant coaches were Susan Sarandon and a very young and tan Jamie Lynn Sigler, who had just gotten back <laughs> from Puerto Rico with her mother. And that was a, a big deal. So many years. Uh, got to see Jamie Lynn quite a bit. Went on, of course, uh, to have an amazing career, but was known mostly as Meadow Soprano. And uh, I saw her uh, post. She was really broken up after Tony Sirico passed away on Saturday. So here she is, the very talented and lovely Jamie Lynn Sigler. Jamie, Sid, Bernie, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm really well, thank you. Good, good. Good to have you on. That's a good memory. (laughs) I do, don't I? It really Uh, does. Yeah, (laughs) hard to forget the Jamie Lynn Sigler run-ins, but uh, there were a bunch of those. Hey, uh, Jamie, I did see your post on Saturday. I know how close you were with Tony Sirico, so let's start right there. How are you feeling this morning? Now we're about uh, less than three hours away from his actual funeral. Uh, Well, you know, um, Robert Eiler and I were talking about it last night. And he definitely just lived such a beautiful life and such a big life. And I think that's, like, the solace that we find in his memory and, like, the peace that we can find, like, in the sadness of this time. Just Tony probably was, like, 
one of, if not my favorite person from Sopranos. Wow. He made me the happiest. Anytime I ever saw him, it was always such the warmest greeting. He made me feel so loved, so protected. I mean, I don't think he was joking every time he told me who wasn't any guy that ever wanted to, you know, <laughs> come near me or if they crossed me, he would take care of it. I think he meant <laughs> it. Um, you know, but he was just, I was young and afraid when that show started and he saw that and he took care of me. And anytime anybody had an event or in a charity event or anything, he was there. He showed up. He was there for everything. And I'm just going to miss him a lot. I really, really am. And I hold very tightly onto his, his memory. Wow, that's beautiful. Well said. Uh, Jamie Lynn Siegler. She played Mental Soprano on The Sopranos. Uh, Jamie, uh, I would imagine you, know, you, you didn't shoot a lot of scenes as the daughter of Tony Soprano on the uh, show. Uh, you didn't shoot a lot of scenes necessarily with Tony Sirico, but as you just pointed out, off the uh, off the you know offset, you bonded, you got close. Did you? We were aware. We talked to uh, Tony Sirico's brother, the priest uh, Robert Sirico, yesterday, and we discussed Tony Tony's early life, his gangster life, essentially. Were you aware of his life when when you were young and you were uh, you know hanging out with him when he was making you feel so warm? Were you aware of his past, uh, the you know, his criminal past, uh, to put it frankly? Not, right. Not from him. But I, I feel like <laughs> rumors around or maybe Robert would tell me he heard a story or, or Michael maybe you told me or, or something, you know, but never in any detail. I'm sure I was protected from any information. But, yes, I was aware. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was uh, kind of came with the territory. But it, it did go to show uh, Jamie Lynn David Chase's genius when he put this cast together. So uh, we'll get back to Tony in a second. But you talked about being scared. You were afraid. Your first major shot. And congratulations to you. You did a tremendous job. But uh, how did you end up getting that role of Meadow Soprano? And where were you? What were you doing when you actually got the call that said, hey, you're going to play Tony's daughter? Yeah, I was living on Long Island. I was 16 years old. I had I was auditioning. I had like an agent and a manager, but I was really doing more like uh, musical theater. That's all I had ever done. And I got a call for a show called Sopranos for a 16-year-old Italian-looking girl. I figured I looked Italian. And because of the title, I've told this story many times, I assumed it was musical. So that's why I auditioned for it, because I thought that's like – what it was going to be about. There was very little details. There wasn't like a script that was sent out, just the scenes that I had to read. Um, and then I auditioned a couple of times for David Chase and Irene Landris and then at HBO finally. And then I was home on Long Island, um, patiently waiting for a couple of days after my final screencast. And that's when I found out. So uh, Jamie Lynn Signer of the late of the Sopranos, uh, are you, I, I, obviously, you're aware there's a new generation of viewers. People are downloading this, yeah. uh, young people in their 20s. I, I mean, uh, the people, I guess the question is, do, do they recognize you? But, uh, I mean, what do you think of that? The whole That's how iconic, that's how great mm. this show was. It transcends generations. Yeah. People are yeah. hungry for shows like that. But uh, tell us about that and your thoughts on that. I love it. I love it. I actually got stopped in the airport yesterday by a pretty young person who said Sopranos is his favorite show. So clearly he's just <laughs> found it recently. Um, well, it's, I, I think 
it's just a testament to the show that it holds up because it's pretty dated. You know, it's it's from the early 2000s and the fact that the storylines and, and the dialogue and the characters still hold up so well. I mean, I think we knew that, but just proof that it is, is, is pretty amazing. And, you know, I think as I'm getting older, it's really actually hitting me what I got to be a part of. I was so young. And when you're in it, you try to have perspective and you try to understand what you're getting to be a part of, but you really can't fully grasp it um, until you just have some time and time away. And I think, you know, also I revisited it and I watched it in its entirety for the very first time in March, 2020. And I sat back and I was like, Oh, wow, I get it. I I see it. I get why people love this so much. I get why it means so much. And I can't believe I got to be a part of something this, Incredible. A major part, Jamie Lynn Sigler, a.k.a. Medi Soprano, Meadow Soprano. Again, Tony Sirico, his mask coming up uh, less than three hours now in Brooklyn. Jamie, we started the conversation, and you dropped the name Robert Eiler. For folks that don't know, mm-hmm. he played your brother in The Sopranos. I, I wonder, and I know you come from a tight-knit family, but I wonder what was the day you woke up when you started to really believe that Jim Gandolfini was your father, Edie Falco was your mother, and Robert Eiler was your brother? <laughs> You know, it was like the second the second we were on that set, they felt like my family, and I wanted them to be my family. I loved them. I loved them so much. And, like, I can remember specifically there was a scene where Tony and Carmela tell us that they're going to split up, mm-hmm. and it was one of those, like, really rare visceral moments as an actor where, like, there's just such a blurry line between what you're doing and reality. I just like remember standing next to Robert and just like really feeling heartbroken. And it's just because of the bond that we had. And I, I could look at them and really feel that genuine love that you would have for a brother or a mom or a dad. And, you know, especially for Jim, you know, in, in the show, they talked about Tony really, um, and Meadow really understanding each other and kind of being similar in some ways. And I felt that way about Jim, the man as well. I felt like he really understood me and saw me in ways that um, others couldn't because I wasn't allowing myself to be seen that way. And um, so our, the bond was very real. And, and it, it continued. Uh, speaking of Robert Eiler, Jamie, you, uh, you, you and he, uh, acted in a commercial recently, which was a real treat yeah. for us Sopranos viewers. The uh, and it should have won an Emmy. It was a great commercial <laughs> about for Silverado EV EVs or electric vehicles, uh, yeah. and you it simulated the opening of the Sopranos. It was terrific, and the hug you gave him at the end. Will there be a sequel to this commercial? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I right? wish it was so fun to do. It was such a surreal and unique experience, and I had it was. It was so special. It was really cool. One of the things that uh, I loved about Tony, and I got to know him pretty well through our mutual friend who's listening right now, who set this conversation up, Jamie, Mike Sullivan, who's also a a wonderful guy. Mike's a great guy. Best. Yeah, the best. And and I got to know Tony very well through Michael. Uh, And I will tell you that, and I met all the Sopranos characters. In fact, I was even there at the very last episode in Hollywood, Florida, when Jim Allen put us on the hot rock and, and aired wow. that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but Tony was always the funniest. Uh, Sharip is a funny guy. Yes. 
Jimmy could be funny at times. But far and away, I thought Tony was the funniest. Was that the case yep. on the set as well? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You, you, you could guarantee a laugh. He was the funniest, the wittiest, the smartest. Like, he just, he had the best comebacks. He was so <laughs> present all the time. But nothing got by him. He he was really like I actually when I rewatched the show, the first thing I said was how funny Tony Zrico is. And I knew that in person, but on the show, he's the he's the levity, he was the comic relief. He but yep. but he was he's such a good actor. Like and I remember when we were doing the scene because I was there when he had the scene where he would talk he talked to Tony when he was in the coma. And he took it so seriously, and he was so prepared, and he had it so thought out. And I remember just respecting him and loving it so much, watching an actor work like that. Because it's funny to see a guy like Tony, who was like this wise-cracking guy, who was also like a very serious actor. He really was. Tony Sirico, what a loss. I mean, what a terrific guy. Yeah. A tough, uh, you know, uh, but l- l- so lovable and very, very funny, as you point out, Jamie Lynn Sigler, late of The Sopranos. Jamie, I have to ask you, what did you think of the uh, the movie, Many Saints of Newark? Uh, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was such phenomenal acting, casting, obviously. Um, I love anything that's period. You know, it's cool. I think it's like it was fun to kind of, watch and and pick and see oh the characters that they talked about like throughout the sopranos you know back in the day and see them come to life and it just opens up a whole new world of the sopranos you know i mean that that world could continue for a long time. Yeah, I thought it was good, too. And uh, we're going to talk to Lorraine Bracco coming up, uh, Jamie, at uh, 925. And, and uh, Ray Liotta, of course, played Dickie Motosanti's father in the movie Bernie just brought up. And, of course, he played yeah. her husband in Goodfellas. So, and he just passed away, too, last month. So it's been a, a terrible, I know. I know, terrible couple of weeks. So to wrap it up, Jamie, and I know this is a very emotional morning for you. I know that. And uh, this hit you really, really hard. So thank you for doing this. But I'll ask you the same question I asked Robert, his brother, here on Monday. And it's kind of lame, but it's obligatory. If Tony is listening right now, what would you say to Tony Sirico? I miss you. I miss the smell of your cologne. Thank you so much for always just taking such good care of me. I, um, I love you, and I'll miss you so much. Perfect. Wow. Hey, Jamie, thank you so much for hopping on today. You've always been terrific, a class act, a beautiful girl, wonderful actress. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. All right. Take care. There she is, a.k.a. Meadow Soprano, Jamie Lynn Sigler, and her friend Tony Sorico. That mass is coming up in about two and a half hours in Brooklyn at 1030 this morning. Rest in peace, Tony Sorico. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Great rock and roll albums of all time. The title track of U2's Unforgettable Fire 
Songs like Pride and Bad and all that good stuff. 7.56 on your sun-splashed hot Wednesday morning. My phone is blowing up. Everybody from Pete Morgan to some other folks who really, really enjoyed that uh, Jimmy Lynn Sigler conversation. Listen, lovely girl, great actress. Like, like I uh, pointed out at the top of the conversation, I've met her a bunch of times, and you've talked to her a bunch as well, Bernard. She, uh, she really got hit hard by this, and I think that was evident in, uh, in her voice when she spoke to you and I, and it was a great conversation. So uh, thank you to her. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, she's a lovely young lady, uh, and she was clearly, clearly, uh, you know, she's in mourning. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, somebody, a big big part of her life. Uh, yeah. Well, he just passed away, and, uh, yeah, my condolences to her. And, uh, you know, she uh, she moved to Austin, Texas. She lives down in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And she has, she faces some adversity of her own. She's, as you know, I believe you know. She has MS. She's got MS, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, she, so, and she uh, has, and by the way, she has it bad. So she uh, she has a oh, ton gosh. of issues. Yeah, yeah. I didn't um, realize that. Yeah. So she does. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because that is a personal challenge that she faces every day. And it's not easy. So I'm glad you did bring that up. Uh, yeah, she did move uh, away and uh, no longer Long Island now uh, in uh, in Texas. We will again talk to Lorraine Bracco, Dr. Melfi, and Karen Hill. Karen! From Goodfellas coming up at 925, uh-huh. the great Congressman Peter King Come coming on, up Lou. at 840. Go ahead, Louis. Go ahead, What'd buddy. you do, Karen? That's all the money we have! <laughs> <laughs> the cover of today's New York Post is making me angry, and nobody loves Miranda Devine more than I do. In fact, I'm doing a video for Miranda today on a big event for her tonight. She would have blurred for my book. She loves you. She loves me. All that great stuff. And it's not her fault or Michael Goodwin's fault, but cowards. And, and again... For the millionth time, and I've yelled at Lydia time and time again over this, we know they were cowards. We get it. Like, this, there's nothing new. There's a new video which shows the cops retreating. We, we, how many times have I said on this show they were cowardly, they were human, they were cowardly, but you do realize that every time a paper like the New York Post puts cowards on the cover talking about police, that a lot of folks in this country... Uh, use that word to describe all of our police, and I'm sick of it. We already know they failed miserably in Ibaldi. We know they were cowards. We know all this. Why are we still seeing headlines like cowards talking about our cops? Why are we belaboring it? Yes, is, uh, why? The question Sid Rosenberg is asking. Well, uh, you, you pointed out the obvious, which is the new video, but uh, to put it on the front page of the New York Post and, and call them cowards. Come on. Listen, as you say, we already know. Take care of it. Uh, Let's move on like we did so many other uh, news items in the past. Uh, Why why dwell on uh, this incident when the cops did fail us, fail the kids anyway? Why dwell on it? All right? Uh, Let's just learn from it, take care of it, and uh, be better for it. Uh, You know, so uh, in a sense, I agree with you. I mean, uh, but, I mean, they were. It was a disgraceful episode, but yes. why harp on it and why dwell on it? Right. Why, why, why give these idiots out there who attack our police every day more ammunition? That's all you're doing right. at this exactly. point. Stop it. We get They're it. Already, police are, in generally speaking, under siege in right. this country. We know that. And uh, for, for, for the New York Post, they should know it as well to put it on the cover. Uh, this is like uh, the people at MSNBC and CNN, the right. woke cards out there. They love this crap. Correct. So, so why give them any fodder and uh, and, and solace? 
exactly in, right. in attacking the police. I mean, I think I said to Lydia eight weeks ago or six weeks ago, whatever this was, fire them all. Fire every one of them. Fine. Move on. And uh, well, that's it. But, you know, not every cop is like a New York cop who runs into a building when it's crumbling down to the ground. These people were human. They were cowards. Let's move on. I do, though, enjoy the Huma Aberdeen-Bradley-Cooper combo, which is also on the cover of the paper. But so, enough wait, with the cops. Why are you mad at uh, Miranda Devine, though? <laughs> why what? Why are you mad at Miranda Devine? No, I'm not mad at Miranda Devine, but it is, uh, you know, it's her paper. So I'm, I'm, oh. I, w- I would tell her, tell your people there, don't, uh, don't do that stuff. Yes, yes. All right, two hours in the books. It was a great two hours. Joe Pinion in the 6 o'clock hour. Jamie Lynn Sigler in the 7 o'clock hour. Peter King and Lorraine Bracco still to come. Bernie and Sid, keep it right here. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, died a couple of weeks ago, too. Seals, I think. This is Seals and Croft as we start the 8 o'clock hour, an epic Wednesday show. Uh, coming up this hour, Lydia reports on the great Congressman Peter King. And also at the end of this segment, I have to tell you, folks, that uh, we do tend to hyperbolize. I get it, and exaggerate, and uh, make things sound maybe bigger than they actually are. That's radio for you, theater of the mind. But we are giving away tickets at the end of this segment. Huge tickets. I mean, Huge! I don't know one person that has not seen this and raved about it over and over and over again. I mean it. So make sure you stick with us. This is called Time Spent Listening. And uh, at the very end of the segment, you'll have a chance to win unbelievable tickets to an unbelievable show. One quick uh, funny baseball fact for you, Bernard, and it involves our last guest, Jamie Lynn Sigler, one of your favorite all-time New York Mets, Lenny Dykstra. Uh, the great Corey Zelnick, <laughs> our dear friend Corey Zelnick, real estate mogul, handsome, the whole deal. He uh, informs me, which I knew already, that uh, Jamie Lynn Sigler is married to Lenny Dykstra's son, Cutter. Did you know that? Did not, no. Yeah. Uh, wow. Very handsome <laughs> guy, by the way, Cutter. Very handsome. Uh, I'm sure. Well, Lenny was, well, nah, nah, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah, yeah. kind of buck tooth and uh, <laughs> kind of squirrely looking dude, but... Uh, <laughs> But either way, it must make for interesting, uh, you know, family reunions and uh, oh. weddings and, uh, you know, bar mitzvahs or communions or whatever the hell they do. Yeah, I don't know what uh, Lenny's relationship is with Cutter, and I don't know how close. I don't know. I really have no idea how close Jamie Lynn and Lenny are. 
But the Lenny was on this show quite a bit a couple of years ago when I was doing Anthony Cumia's show. You may remember every couple of weeks, and he was on that a lot. And he had that uh, real public fight with Ron Darling about the whole cancer thing and the book. And like the last two years, uh, Lenny has disappeared again. So. I don't know what's going on there. Do you? Yeah, no, yeah, we had him in studio there uh, <laughs> yes. a couple of times. Yeah. And he actually took his teeth out. He had, <laughs> he got uh, free, uh, free teeth implants is what he got. <laughs> and he's taking them out. He's showing them. I'm like, good Lord, put them back in your mouth. <laughs> oh, did. please, I'm begging oh, you. Oh, God. It's, and he was not at uh, Keith Hernandez's big blast when they retired number 17 at no. City Field on Saturday. <laughs> no, well, listen, he, I hope he's doing well. I mean, let's face it, he was, he's, he was a freaking mess. Yeah, he this was. guy. Yeah, and, and he made so much money. I mean, he was he was riding high, but uh, he was the cocaine just uh, killed you know, him. It, it took hold of him. Yeah. Well, gambling too. He was a, a horrible gambling problem in Atlantic City, and uh, he went to the Philadelphia Phillies, of course. And though the, that, he was part of that wacky threesome with John Cruck. And uh, the other guy that died, he uh, he actually thought he saw a what was his name again? He went to the Marlins late in his career. He was uh, one of the three. Oh, Darren Dalton. Those were the three wacky Phillies back then. Uh-huh. Dykstra, Dalton, and uh, John Crook. Right. And uh, they were maniacs. I remember going. they were coming back from a bachelor party. They hit a tree. I mean, they were just drunk and wild and crazy. And that's been Lenny's life. And, uh, well, and that's, that's, all, that's, that's all good. But, yeah. I mean, you know, there comes a time where you, you hang that up. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you... If you I, Surprisingly, uh, he's still alive. Let's put it that way. That Look, is true. Let's face it. That no, is that's, true. that's the reality. Yeah, he's he's lucky to be alive, as are a lot of us, Sydney. You know, we can all uh, he who is without sin cast the first stone. But we cut it short. We stopped at some point. You know, uh, and we were fairly responsible. I mean, there were intermittent, uh, you know, episodes in right. our lives where right. we had uh, we had these things occur to us, or or we we did it ourselves. I shouldn't say occur to us. We did it ourselves. Take responsibility. Uh, so anyway, speaking of wacky and sports-related, said uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to play this clip, but uh, I love Herschel Walker. I really do. He's running for Senate. He's running behind the uh, candidate down there, the racist communist, uh, Raphael Warnock, uh, running behind about, like, did I say 10 points, 10 to 12 points? Is, is he that far behind right now? Yeah, he is. He uh, is maybe, maybe he wants sadly. to warm up to Donald Trump then. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Trump's not doing very well in the state of Georgia, no, so I don't not. know. But either yeah. way, we need that seat. We got to get rid of this creep Warnock, who is a—he's a wife beater, a communist, and a racist. And this guy's—he's in the Senate right now. So anyway, Herschel Walker is the last best hope. So I play this because it's not going to affect any voters because this is New York. I mean, you know, I'm sure people listen to us on the app in Georgia, but uh, either way, Herschel Walker was talking about climate change. And it got a little weird. Cut 11, please, Lou. We, in America, have some of the cleanest air and cleanest water of anybody in the world. So what we do is we're going to put from the Green New Deal millions or billions of dollars cleaning our good air up. So all of a sudden, China and India ain't putting nothing in there cleaning that situation up. So all that bad air is still there. But since we don't control the air, our good air decided to float over to China, bad air. So when China gets our good air, their bad air got to move. So it moves over to our good air space. And now we got to clean that back up. So, yeah, listen, that wasn't as bad as I thought. It, it was wasn't pretty, as bad. It was pretty bad, bro. He makes a great point about China, Russia, India. 
they don't contribute anything to, say, the Paris Climate Accords. It's all the United States and, and secondly, uh, first world countries like, uh, you know, the, the countries in Europe. We are paying into it. We are su- committing suicide, handcuffing ourselves. And these other people are building coal plants. And, a, a lot, you know, they have no restrictions on their, their emissions. They don't have to pay any money into any uh, world fight for climate change until, I don't know, for another 15 years. So he makes a good point there. And I think he was kind of half-joking about the Chinese air coming over here and our air going over there. Mm. But essentially his heart is in the right place. He's making a great point. Uh, But the left-wing site that I lifted that from uh, made it seem like it was worse than it was, in my opinion. It didn't didn't seem as bad as they portrayed it Mm. in the headlines because I hadn't listened to it. Mm. I just had these guys get it, and they played it. Well, I'm going to tell you this, and I love Herschel Walker, and, and I want him to win badly. And I've loved him since he ran the football for the Generals, and we need that seat, like you say. But um, I, uh, I hate to say it. If he was on the left, Laura Ingram would say, just run the football, Herschel. Just run the football. <laughs> well, it's too late now. He's, he's the guy, and, uh, I mean, this, is, this, this means the future of the United States. We have to take the Senate back. I agree. We really do. Hey, listen, uh, speaking of uh, – a bizarre, uh, you know, and, and and people, well, listen, this lady, Herschel Walker had the benefit, or he did not have the benefit of blaming alcohol for any of his remarks in the past. But this Albany news anchor, she has, she does have the benefit of blaming alcohol because she was clearly drunk. Uh, this is an Albany news anchor, uh, you know, the open of the newscast. This is what she sounded like. Check this out. If you can believe it, cut 17. This was actually on TV in Albany. Cut 17, go Lou. All right. So, well, hello. Good afternoon. Like, I was telling you this morning, if you watched us this morning, starting at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., I told you, you know what, today, what a beautiful day outside. It is just amazing. And so... A great time for outdoor uh, music. The Powers Park Concert Series kicking off this afternoon. It's a celebration of the 250th anniversary of the village of Lansingburg. Now, but they're going to like do this throughout August, but it's just today's very special event. And I just can't tell you how much I love this Powers Park event. Oh, boy. So they, it was really bad, so bad. She was drunk and... If you see it, I did watch this. Yeah, the video's particular. even worse. She was very disheveled and, uh, <laughs> you know, bloated and all that stuff. And uh, yeah. w- w- just a train wreck, the poor thing. I remember, like, Monday Night Football. I remember, Byrne, uh, Howard Cosell. These guys would travel, and, and they would, they're would they all members of, like, these clubs, the American Airlines Club, the Delta Club. And they would, you know, be on the way from, let's say, New York to Green Bay for Monday Night Football with the Packers. And they would drink for hours in these clubs, and they'd get to the game, and they were still drinking. And I remember time and time again, Howard Cosell, who's my favorite of all time by far, he'd be hammered. I mean, not drunk, hammered, yeah. slurring. I mean, sure. Yeah, and, and back uh, then, nobody cared. 1970s, Monday Night Football, Meredith is half drunk, Cosell's completely drunk. Nobody cared. But now, oh, my God. Bro, when I worked at NBC, uh, there were th- these news people, they did 6 and 11. You had Sue Simmons oh. and a couple of others, Jack uh, Jack Cafferty, yep. and a couple of others whose names escape me. Uh, Chuck female, Scarborough uh, was there. No? Well, well, no, no, he was. Well, he wasn't one of the ones I witnessed. Okay. In, uh, they w- would be downstairs drinking oh, between that's, newscasts. Right. That's her. That's and that's they, yeah. they come back on at eleven o'clock and sounding like this lady. Uh, and I saw, I would see them down there in this restaurant, uh, you know, between newscasts. Because I worked at NBC all over the building. I was a news and feature association. 
associate, excuse me. And uh, so anyway, yeah, it, it was a common uh, occurrence back then in the day, but what about, not now. What about the I-Man? I mean, because I, I remember him calling into Stern Hammered at like 4 oh, o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. But in the morning time, was I wasn't on with you guys back then. I started in the year 2000. Was he hammered a lot on the air in the mornings? A lot? Yes. Yes, he yeah. was. Now, that's before I became his producer, but I was working at the station, yeah. at the radio station. And he would walk. I remember my f- very first day as an intern at WABC, WNBC, I should say, uh, was back in 1983. And I'm working in sales and I'm filing papers, is what they were told, told me to do. After 10 o'clock, Imus is drunk out of his face. He's in a bathrobe. <laughs> He's walking up and down the hallways of uh, NBC and he screams. He's screaming at the top of his lungs. Where the F is Al and Rosenberg, that and Jew, get uh-huh. him in here. Uh-huh. He's screaming at the in a bathrobe with <laughs> it open, w- walking with his boxer shorts. <laughs> and he's screaming and he's heckling. And he's, he, he, he actually used, uh, well, he's, he used bad words to, to, to some of the employees. That was my yeah. first day. <laughs> and I'm like, what kind of a zoo is this? But by the time I was hired as his producer, he had gone to rehab, right? And right. so I didn't witness this. But what 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 they would do, he would come in and record a bunch of uh, you know liners. It's going to be sunny today. It's seventy seven degrees right now, and right now here is uh, you know here is Billy Joe with blah blah blah. And then he would record a bunch of those, and then go to sleep. Oh my god! And then the uh, Harry Tucker, the engineer, would play those things into a record. And it would sound like Imus was actually on the air live oh, while, you, while he was sleeping one off. Do you remember really? at, at FAN what we used to do, Bernie? Like, we, uh, we did the same thing. We had to get, get off the air during the record, record phone calls that he took, get back on the air before the record was over, play it, and I had to rewind the reel and get that ready by the time the record was done. He took th- two or three calls. It was a fire drill. Oh my god! It yeah, but a, I thought uh, my my recollection was that, that was, was at FAN, not NBC. But no, at FAN, by, by the time we got to FAN, he was done drinking. He his oh last no, he week, wasn't drinking, but he wasn't he wasn't um, assured while he was taking calls. He didn't. He was still into that recording mode. He liked doing that. So the first oh, year. Oh yeah. Oh Oh yes. Exactly right. He got into that uh, nonsense so where he, he would. Yeah. So we, yeah, he could just walk away, but. Yeah, but he he he, he start, when we went to FAN, he was disillusioned. He was mailing it in, and then he got back into it uh, because we started talking politics, having politicians on, and that's when the whole thing started to take off. After he got over his disillusionment from going from uh, you know Thirty Rock to a basement in Astoria, <laughs> uh, seriously, and then he he took it serious, and and the rest is history. And the next thing you know. We're, we're syndicated across the country. We're on MSNBC, the news show, and it, it succeeded wildly. But, yes, initially, you're right, Lou. He fell into those bad habits. And uh, but, but, but back when I was there, I actually saw him a drunk, and uh, I saw you know, the, the general manager would go in the back at, after 10 o'clock and try to talk to him. Get the F out of my office. Everybody could hear it in the office. It was really it was just wild is what it was. And then Howard Stern was there. He would call into Howard Stern show while he was drunk. He was drunk, and Howard would encourage it. And 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 I must make a complete and total fool of himself, and utter racial slurs and stuff like that. At Robin, and, yeah. And Howard, they would let him go. Yep. Because because and he thought that 
that Howard was his friend while he was drunk. Oh. Anyway, it was just it was it was the wild wild west. It was crazy. It was nuts. <laughs> the best face still in the history is Charles looking around the station down in the basement. He was looking at it like the cells were going to close on him for <laughs> oh, F-A-N, 12 yes. years. When we, like, when we made okay, that this move. this is my home. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was disgusting. To quote him, when you guys were walking around, he goes, the scary thing is, Don, we're going to get used to this. <laughs> yeah, exactly we'll, right. We'll and was, we did. <laughs> it, was, it was roach infested. It was, it was Water. dirty. Water Waters, I mean, the, the plumbing, yeah, it was terrible. And we went from 30 Rock to that. And so, like I said, Imus was disillusioned. He thought his career was over. But eventually he picked it up and, uh, you know, he resuscitated everything. And, and then it succeeded. He exceeded his wildest expectations uh, far more than what he did at WNBC. He became a national presence. And, uh, again, talking politics and all that stuff. Uh, having politicians on started out with Governor Weicker, uh, the governor of Connecticut. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, I could I could go on and on forever. Well, that's but great I know stuff. That's great. We, we we have some business, uh, I believe, Sydney. Uh, do, do we not? We do. But I really enjoyed that uh, walk down memory lane, Bernie. I have to say, when you do that stuff, it's great. You won, Lewis. Well, We're, glad you did. Yeah. Uh, listen, <laughs> yeah. It, it, hey, let me tell you, man. Chapter one. It's either chapter one or chapter two. That's the bottom line. Rock and roll Hall of Famer Dion and Bernie. You love this guy because he's uh, one of your guys, right? Bronx guy, right? Who's this, Dion? Yes. Dion in the Belmonts. Yes. Yeah. Right. Damn right. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Dion comes to the historic St. George Theater on Staten Island, July the 20th, in his only New York City appearance of the year. Dion will perform all his greatest hits like The Wanderer, Run Around Sue, A Teenager in Love, I Wonder Why, and more. Tickets to Dion, July 20th at the St. George Theater. Go on sale at Ticketmaster or the St. George Theater box office. But luckily for you, us, Bernie and Sid, you've got a pair of tickets right now to give away. Be the seventh caller at 1-800-848-9222. You'll be heading to Dion, July the 20th at the historic St. George Theater on Staten Island. Call right now, 1-800-848-WABC. And the Dion tickets... Are yours. Ask me which one I love the best. I tear over my shirt and I show a rosy on my chest because I'm a wanderer. Tear a wanderer. I roam around, around, around. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Well, Bradley Cooper is now dating Uma Abedin. That is the breaking news. She's upgraded from Anthony Weiner. No, I'm just kidding. But that's not that's not my report. But how crazy is that? I have to bring that up. I'm sorry. Yeah, how that's crazy well, is we, that? we did we did talk about it earlier. But it's 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 nuts. It's, it's so bizarre, so random. Apparently, he was uh, they were, who played Cupid was this uh, Anna Wintour yeah. of uh, Metropolitan <laughs> Met Museum fame. She was. She got them together, uh, close with both of them. But still, it is weird. We talked about it earlier. She has a kid. We don't want to get into that right now. But uh, I'm joking. I told Anthony. I said, you know, now it's it should be out that he's been dating Cindy Adams or yes, Joan Hamburg. Right. You know, that's years, now that's we right, know. Yeah. No, it's funny because that he stole them from Chad Lopez. Right. <laughs> I had asked him uh, when he sat with me about a month and a half ago. 
his relationship with Uma. And I said, is there any chance you guys will get back together? How's that looking? <laughs> I swear to God, Bernie. And he's like, nah, I don't think so. And then on the cover of today's New York Post, you've got Uma kind of smirking on one side, Bradley Cooper with a very large grin on the other side, and behind Bradley Cooper with a look of, oh, I don't know, confusion and dismay is Anthony Weiner. <laughs> I know you so have to weird. talk about it's like front page of the Post. Okay, yeah. so the real story that I'm going to talk about is Elizabeth Warren is the epitome of evil. I mean, this woman, Senator Warren, and she's also advocating to violate people's constitutional rights. So pregnancy centers, are they're all over the country. Basically what these centers are is if women are in trouble, they need help with their baby, they're pregnant, they're worried, they need financial help, they need clothes, they need something, they go to these pregnancy centers. They've been firebombed, they've been vandalized, you name it, all over the country. Well, Senator Elizabeth Warren wants them to be shut down. Take a listen to what she said to a local station in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts right now, those crisis pregnancy centers that are there to fool people who are looking for pregnancy termination help outnumber true abortion clinics by three to one. We need to shut them down here in Massachusetts, and we need to shut them down all around the country. You should not be able to torture a pregnant person like that. She's on the warpath, apparently, uh, with these crisis pregnancy said, Don't these people help out uh, pregnant women who don't know what to do? And they, they do try to encourage them to keep the baby and maybe give it up for adoption or something like that. But they provide comfort and relief, uh, from what I understand, no? Well, that's Yeah, that's what I just said. Absolutely. They help the women. And how is it torturing a pregnant woman to help them, to help them to, to decide whether or not they should keep their baby, to offer them ultrasounds, to see what they're actually aborting, to say, we'll give you financial help, or if you want to give the baby up for adoption? How could she? I mean, this woman is, is evil. Is She is straight up evil. And that's what she epitomizes, the radical left. I mean... They talk about that they want to help people, they want to help migrants, they want to help, but they want to kill. They want to maim and kill. That's what they want to do. Apparently, yeah, yeah, it seems that way. Listen, the market for adopting babies, uh, you, know, you know, brand new babies especially, as opposed to, say, four-year-old toddlers, is is great. The demand, the waiting list is like years. So uh, that is an option for women. Uh, but. You know, I, I, some women don't want, want to, maybe for health reasons, don't want to take it to, to the full term or whatever. They want to they want to be done with it. Maybe uh, I understand that early on, up to a certain point, up to a, up to viability, I understand it. But then after that, but either way, these these clinics, they do good things. So, uh, yeah, she's a creep. She's a, she, she's, she's a liar. Uh, she is a, a loser, a big mouth, a fat mouth. And this uh, climate change crap that she's trying to shove down our throats is going to ruin us all. And so, uh, so uh, anyway, I just uh, have nothing but uh, loathing for uh, Pocahontas Elizabeth Warren. You know, nothing. funny, Burn too, is I was looking at my uh, Twitter account a couple days ago, and I went back into my old direct messages, which date all the way back to, like, 2009. And I saw a bunch of messages. You're going to love this. Talking about Liz Warren, Bernie, from Scott Brown. Yeah, I want to come on with you and Bernie. I love coming on uh -huh. last time. And he was the guy in Massachusetts, a really good-looking guy, Lydia, really good-looking, smart, 
and uh, he had a, a huge career ahead of him, and she kind of derailed that, Liz Warren. But for a while there, early on, when he first got back to New York with Bernie and Jill, Scott Brown was a regular on the Bernie and Sid show. Yeah, he was he was he was a stud. Remember, he posed uh, naked in uh, yes. one of those magazines. I, I think it was Cosmopolitan or something, whatever it was. And I think Trump liked him too. Yes, I think so. Oh, Trump loved him. He yeah. appointed him uh, as ambassador to New Zealand, right, and he, that's right. he held held that post for a long time. And I got to meet uh, the reason why the connection was, I met him at Fox News when when I was doing O'Reilly. Uh, he right. came in. We met in the green room, right. and uh, we bonded and exchanged information. And then he, yeah, he came on. Uh, he was, I forget what he was doing at that point. He was, uh, he was running, running for something. He was running for Senate in Massachusetts, wasn't he? Uh, I'm not sure of the timeline exactly, yeah. but uh, but either way, he was he, he's a he was a great guest, a fun guy. Yeah. And he was a, an army uh, reservist up in, a 30 year army reservist up until a few years ago. Yeah. I think he so, uh, I think he actually dated Huma Aberdeen before Bradley Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh he was. Uh, Come on now. He was. We told uh, John. We told John. John Casmatidis. He's like the post keeps calling. They're looking for Anthony Weiner. Apparently, his wife is dating some actor. I said, John, some actor. Uh, Bradley Cooper was the sexiest man alive. He was. He's gorgeous. Two years Are ago. you kidding me? He his ex his ex girlfriend, the mother of his child, is a supermodel, Irina yeah. Shayk. And he was just looking at me like I had two heads. And he's like, "What? <laughs> you know?" He's like, "How is that possible?" I'm like. I'm well, just, well uh, she's smart. You know, Uma is smart. She's beautiful. She is beautiful. Yes, she she kind of reminds me of yes. like a mall uh, Clooney, you know, let's the one that's married it. to George Clooney. He could do better than that. Let's face it. He could do a mm. lot better. He's Bradley Cooper, for God's sakes. Why, why, why does he is need the headache? value only based on her looks? Does he need the headache of having uh, to, to see Anthony Weiner at a, every family function? You know, oh, she has a kid. Weiner's so not a bad guy. So, so she has a guy. kid. So she has a bar mitzvah. And he's got to go to the bar mitzvah. I mean, who needs that? Get a woman, get a girlfriend that has no kids, you know, and doesn't have Anthony Weiner oh tagging, tagging along. Oh, my God. See, you know, come no. on. She's a She's a she's a cat. She's beautiful. Uh, listen, smart. I, I agree with you. I argued with Bernie about this the first segment. I couldn't care less about a woman with a kid. You show me a beautiful woman who's smart, successful. I couldn't care less. He's got one kid, four kids, and no kids. So that was her argument earlier. I do think most guys do agree with Bernie, though. I'll admit that. But uh, to me, it wouldn't matter. She is a catch. Bailey did well here. And by the way, for me, all the all the stuff he got for A Star Is Born, he was great. Now with Lady Gaga, my favorite Bradley Cooper role ever by a mile was Silver Linings Playbook with Jen Lawrence and, and uh, Robert De Niro. He was great in that. Great. I know. He's, like, super talented, and yeah. he's hey, gorgeous, listen, he's, and he's, I applaud him for, for wanting he, a substance, you know? And, and she's beautiful anyway, but I'm just he, saying. Yeah. She... He comes from great lineage. Uh, his dad was Gary Cooper, and no, that's, uh, that's not true. he cashed in on that, and, uh, <laughs> you know, he did he did very well. No, that's not true, but don't what happened? that. I think his father high, was high noon? Michael Cooper from the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Whatever happened to Gary Cooper, huh? Remember Tony Soprano? Yes. Whatever happened to Gary Cooper? You Everybody's a pussy these days. You know, it's funny because you just brought up Tony talking about Gary Cooper. That was a great, uh, great impression there, Bernard. And we also talk quite a bit about Tony Sirico's uh, love for uh, Jimmy Cagney. Oh, I have a po I have a Polly Walnut story. Well, quickly, before you get to that. Okay, so, real quick. So okay, somebody, so somebody, I, I was on, working. Hold on, hold, hold on. Somebody sent a floral display to the, to the funeral home yesterday, Bernard, that actually had, what do you hear, what do you say? That's what they No kidding. Yes, in flowers. Oh. Wow. Yes. My all-time favorite movie, Angels yes. with Dirty Faces. James Cagney said that to everybody he met. What do you hear, what do you say, Dave? And uh, it was it was terrific. Jerry was uh, 
the priest in the, in the movie, and he would always say, what do you hear, what do you say, Jerry? And uh, so, yeah, Paulie Walnuts loved the movie, he and I, the, the best movie ever made in our estimation. If you see it, I guarantee you'll cry at the end. Oh, Paulie Walnuts. So I was working at CBS News. I was a production assistant back in my early, like I was like 21 years old. I was walking to work and I see Paulie Walnuts and we're walking the same way because I guess he had a, you know, he had to meet somebody there at, right there on 57th Street. And he goes to me, he's like, hey, what are you doing? How you doing? And, and I was like, oh, oh, hi, oh, oh, Paulie Walnuts. And he's like, oh, yeah, you, you watch Sopranos? I mean, this was at the height of his fame. And I said, yeah. And then he was like, oh, what do you like? We're talking. And then he's like, so what are you doing later? How about I send the limo to your apartment and I can uh, pick you up and we, I take you out for dinner uh, tonight. And I said, oh. I said, uh, that's I, him. I, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm that's good. I was him. like, but he asked me out on a date. I mean, I was like wow. 21 years old and Poli won. Let's ask me out on a date. But he was, I mean, he's exactly how he was in the character. You know, you, you know, you know Lydia, you're unbelievable. You have now told us stories about a Poli Walnuts asking you out on a date. Not that long ago, you told me that Matthew McConaughey asked you out on a date. I, and you well, he didn't you, ask me to go on a date. He probably wanted to do something else. I can't believe you could be on the air right now with me and Bernie talking about these great sexual escapades with all these famous <laughs> men, and you take yes. advantage of none of them. None of them. Non-sexual escapades. Non-sexual. My you know, mom Billy, is listening. Billy Joel said it. These Catholic girls start much too yes, late. Yes, he did. <laughs> and, oh, uh, that, five o'clock. I got a sig out. I'm mean he's gonna yell at me. He's gonna blow up my phone. Five o'clock, cats at night, John Cats and Matitis. You don't want to miss it. A great show. But yes, I got a lot of stories. Cause I mean, I've been doing I've been in like show business since I was like 18, if you want to call this, you know? And so I met a lot of famous people because when you're doing the internships and you're working around a lot of celebrities. So yeah, I got I've been on the red carpet. I've interviewed Madonna, Christina Aguilera, you name it. So I got a lot of good stories. So we'll talk more about that. All right. Well said. Thank you, Lydia Serrani, coming up at five o'clock cat at night. Peter King is coming up next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. This actually reminds me of uh, Imus. It's a Dion song here. Something he would play, but uh, we're playing it for a different reason this morning. Again, we're heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app and uh, simulcast on an Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM. Right now, we do it every Wednesday at 840. We bring him in. We love him. He's a colleague. He's a great, was a great statement, st- statesman, still is, former congressman from Long Island, Peter King, good morning to you, Peter. Bernie, great to be with you. Great to be with you, Sid. Thanks, and buddy. Sid, I'll be with you again on Friday night at uh, Reminders Park for the 9-11 uh, 
commemoration. Oh, my God. I'm glad you reminded me because I did tell Sal I was coming. You're right. It is this Friday. That's the 20-year anniversary of the wall because September 10th, as you know, Bernie, every year we go to that park to commemorate September 11th. Every fireman and cop who died from Brooklyn we pay tribute to that night. But you're right, Peter. Friday night is the night we pay tribute to the actual wall, which is gorgeous. Yeah, and they're actually they're honoring the memory of Jim Faso, the Giants yes. coach, and then also the Haskell brothers, who are neighbors of mine. In fact, uh, Bernie, Ken Haskell, who's the other brother, who was, who was a firefighter himself, and he was down there that day also. Yep. He was on our show last September 11th. Oh, that's right. Oh, exactly. Yes, I remember that. Right, right, and, right. And well, they're also going to honor that day uh, Chuck Scholl uh, coming up on Friday, too. So. Oh, yeah. He, he, he was a great guy, by the way. He was, yes. wow. Yeah. Terrific uh, guy. Great terrible, guy. Great person. T- tough loss. They made him retire early, and uh, he, he died a few years later. Terrible, terrible. Either way, uh, Congressman King... Uh, Joe Biden has just landed in Israel. Now, he's, he, the mission is for him to go to Saudi Arabia. That, that, that's all it is. Go to Saudi Arabia, beg for oil. This whole thing, landing in Israel and uh, putting on a show that, that it's for foreign policy, is a bunch of BS. He's going to beg the crown prince for oil that we have right here in the United States, could make ourselves, put a lot of people to work, but he won't do it. Instead, going over there, asking for dirty oil, and in the process, we had to pay $100 million for hospitals in East Jerusalem. That was the demand from the Saudis to agree to meet with Joe Biden. What, is, what are your thoughts on this whole trip of Joe Biden's over? He just landed. Yeah, if this were a movie, it would be a bad movie. I mean, this is such a self-inflicted wound. First of all, the whole issue of whether or not you have to deal with Saudi Arabia, that should be treated separately. They are a vicious, almost animalistic-type country. On the other hand, there could be uh, strategic reasons why we have to deal with them. But we shouldn't be doing as beggars. We shouldn't be going over there begging for oil when we have more oil in this country than, than we could ever use. And we could end up supplying good parts of the world, even. This is all because he shut down the Keystone Pipeline. He's cut back iron, uh, oil uh, production. He's gone out of his way to fight with the energy industry. And he's taken us from being energy independent to totally dependent, whether it involves Russia or the Saudis or whatever. We are now begging for oil when we have more than we could possibly use ourselves. The oil will not be as clean as the oil that we have. And also, uh, by using Israel somehow as the excuse to go, it, to me, it's an insult to Israel. Israel should be dealt with on its own terms, not as a stepping stone going into Saudi Arabia. So, now, this shows the weakness of his foreign policy. It shows how the woke, radical environmentalists have taken over his administration. It's bad enough if they screw up economic policy, but by doing that, they're also hindering our foreign policy. We should be able to deal with the Saudis one-on-one the way we want to, and we should have the position of strength where they need us, not where we need them. So this is a fiasco all around, and he's the guy who's going to treat Saudi Arabia as a pariah state. So now this is almost a synopsis of all of the weaknesses Mm. of Joe Biden in one. You can see them all here. Foreign policy, domestic policy, and total state of confusion. He is speaking right now. It's 347 in Tel Aviv, Israel. He's speaking as we speak. Uh, By the way, Bibi Netanyahu Yahoo would have told him to turn the plane around. No, thank you. You're not coming here. That's the difference. But anyway. Get the hell out. (laughs) um, But look, it's been a a horrible couple of weeks. I I know you watch Tucker Carlson, too, and Bernard has done a great job on this show as well. Let me give Bernie credit before Tucker playing the voicemail from Joe to Hunter, how, you know, uh, I read the New York Times article. It seems like you're clear. So clearly he was involved in a lot, a lot of ways with his son's dealings with these other nations. So above and beyond the fact uh, the oil, the foreign policy, it's becoming clear now, Peter, to a lot of people, maybe even some Biden supporters in the past, that this guy is absolutely corrupt. He's lied. And right now his approval rating is at 33 percent. That is horrible. 
you know, ever since Watergate, the media has been so proud of themselves for exposing corruption and exposing wrongdoing by elected officials, by uh, you know, uncovering all that's going wrong with the world. Here you have right in front of you a major scandal. Uh, Hunter Biden, first of all, it was a scandal that it was covered up during the last campaign, during the presidential campaign, by, you know, by the mainstream media. But now, when so much more is coming out, they continue they continue to cover it up. And not only does it involve scandals involving Joe Biden, his family, and Hunter Biden, but also this impacts on our foreign policy. What impact is this having on our dealings with China? What impact is this having? What, uh, what other information do countries have on Hunter Biden? I mean, this guy is a human time bomb. I and mean, unfortunately, uh, you know, there's not been drug use in my family, but I know many families have had it. It can be a curse. I'm not judging anyone because of that. But what I am judging is if a person does have this type of drug problem and you're the vice president of the United States and you know that your son is reckless and running around the world making money off your office and on top of that, he's a hopeless drug addict involved with hookers and everything else, everything that can involve blackmail and can involve secret dealings, uh, how this is not covered by the media day in and day out. Instead, if you raise it, it's almost as if somehow you're resorting to dirty politics. But you know, even that may turn around, though, because until now, everyone was afraid in the mainstream media to talk about Joe Biden's age, to talk about his mental capacity. Now the New York Times has done two stories, one the other day on page one. And to me, that's almost a signal that the uh, mainstream media, the elite, realize that Joe Biden's days are numbered, and they're probably looking for another Democratic candidate. And it's what they've said, it's open season now. You can't attack Joe Biden. So hopefully when those attacks do start, it will focus on what the, what the relationship is between Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. But certainly what's come out so far shows that he was exactly aware of what uh, Hunter Biden was up to. Yeah, indeed. A broken down old corrupt hack is Joe Biden. And uh, Bill O'Reilly predicts he's going to, going to uh, resign after the midterms. But either way, Congressman Peter King uh, on the Bernie and Sid Show, let me segue to uh, local politics here. You had, uh, of course, uh, Mayor Adams said he supports the Jose Alba, the Dominican immigrant who was assaulted in his del in his bodega, or Bogota, as uh, Jill Biden says, and then ended up stabbing uh, the thug to death who was out on parole for, for assaulting a police officer. Fernando Mateo went to meet with uh, Alvin Bragg yesterday. So far, the charges still stand. Uh, what are your thoughts on this whole, uh, this national, now national incident? This is an absolute disgrace. I mean, Alva should be given a medal. Uh, he's shown what people have to do when they're under siege. He, he didn't surrender. He didn't panic. He did what he had to do. He defended himself. And to me, uh, what Bragg, hopefully these charges will be dropped because what this can be done is a message that the policies of Bragg have failed. That is absolutely indefensible what he's doing. But it shows what cops are up against every day of the week. It shows what uh, uh, rank-and-file citizens are up against in this uh, whole atmosphere that the progressive like Bragg have created, where they penalize those who defend themselves, they penalize the cops, and they find excuses to put violent criminals back on the street. So, now, this is... Uh, Hopefully, Bragg will do the right thing, but if he does it, it's only because he's being forced to do it. It shows where his true colors are and uh, the fact that he would even think of indicting uh, Alba for anything, never mind murder. And the fact that he hasn't decided yet to bring charges against the woman who was stabbing, who was stabbing Alba oh, while yeah. this uh, other creep was trying to kill Alba. So, no, this is... Uh, he should be removed. I mean, Lee Zeldin's got to be following him everywhere. you got to be hounding Kathy Hochul. 
When are you going to fire Bragg? When are you going to fire Bragg? If there's any reason for a governor to remove someone, not because you disagree with the policy, he's not following the law. And as a result of that, New York City is endangered. It's emboldening other criminals throughout throughout New York. And it even goes you know, beyond Manhattan. So, no, this, this has to be stopped. It's funny you mentioned Lee Zeldin. I received a text at 8.18 this morning, exactly 34 minutes ago, from the aforementioned Lee Zeldin. And it read like this. Good morning. Are you and Bernie ready to save New York with me? Hochul needs to be fired in November, and we all need to do everything in our power to make that happen in this blue state. I, I, I thought maybe he was mad at me because I kind of jumped to the Giuliani side, but he texted me literally 34 minutes ago, and uh, he was out there yesterday, as you know, Peter, outside of yeah. Alvin Bragg's office. Guys like Joe Pinion, Michael Henry, and others joined him, and I wasn't there, but I was told that he seemed very gubernatorial yesterday and, and didn't said all the right things, and of course, Bernie and I applaud him for just being there in the first place. Yeah, uh, I mean, Lee has got to keep this up. He's got to stay on it. Listen, when you start off as Republican in New York, you're three and a half million votes behind. So you have to make sure you get every Republican vote, every conservative vote, really cut into the independent votes, and get common-sense Democrats to vote with you. There's no margin for error. He has to do everything right, and he's got to stay on this. He has to run a marathon between now and November 8th. Got to be out there every day doing everything at every level. And Hochul has to be the target. He's got to focus on her. He's got to focus on law and order, and he's got to focus on uh, basically the corruption that goes on in Albany. But to me, the main issue that I find people talking about when you go to a diner or a pizza parlor or a bar or whatever is crime. People are petrified. You talk to anyone who's just gone into Penn Station, and they, they can't believe it. They haven't been there in a while, and they go to a Penn Station, take a walk a few blocks beyond Penn Station. It's like a, a bad movie from the 1970s or something. So, no, he's got to focus on that. And not get caught up in a lot of esoteric issues or even too many local issues. Law and order, that is the issue. And, that, and Bragg is the living symbol of what it means to be a lousy prosecutor, which is going to cause innocent people to be wounded and maimed. Uh, yeah, just a, f- a friend of the criminals. He should just, just be a legal aid lawyer. I mean, because effectively that's what he is in his role as a DA of Manhattan. But uh, P- Peter King, Congressman Peter King, uh, on the Bernie and Sitch, I have to ask you, are we going to retake the Senate uh, this year? I mean, is that going to happen in November? Because I hear reports that it's kind of shaky right now. Yeah, uh, part of the problem there is you know, only one third of the Senate seats are up, and uh, it, you know the playing field is not that great for Republicans in those states. Having said that, if there is a red wave, I think we can. I think we can take New Hampshire. We we have to do everything we can to get Herschel Walker elected in Georgia. I, I've only met the guy once, but he really is charismatic. Now, listen, he's not the perfect politician, but but you're not electing a perfect politician. You're electing a guy who speaks for the people. So we have to do all we can to elect Herschel Walker. There's other states that we can win and should win, and uh, I think yeah, Nevada is another one for sure. So these uh, we have, listen. We 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 can't be just sit around complaining, fighting with ourselves. We got to get out there and win every possible seat. Uh, that can change the whole government. Not only can it tie up Biden for the next few years, but we can carry out the investigations that have to be carried out, and we can start to steer foreign policy in the right direction. No, we have, this is an ideal opportunity this year to do it. It may not come again for a while, where you have yeah. all the stars aligned, yeah. yep. you have an incompetent president, you have people fed up with their policies, gas prices, whatever you say, uh, crime. But again, crime, crime, crime is really, really the major issue. Uh, there's another major issue, Peter, with 30 seconds to go. How nervous are you about the New York Mets? <laughs> Mets are going to make it. And by the way, I think you are totally wrong. I agree with Dr. Mark Siegel. If they hit the World Series, I can see the Mets winning in four or five games. 
good pitching always always wins out of, of a good hitting. I can go back to 1963 Dodgers, go back to 1969 Mets. Right. If, if DeGrom and Scherzer are, yeah. are, are on, there's no way any of the Yankee pitchers match up to those two. Oh, wait, wait a second. So, wait, 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 wait. The Yankees just sent three pitchers to the All-Star game. Garrett Cole, Nelson Cortez, Clay okay. Holmes. None Cortez. of them is as good as DeGrom or Scherzer. They're no, good, they're but not healthy. good enough. And that's healthy. why I think the Mets win. Also, speaking of the Mets, I can just put in a plug. Sunday, Sunday night, we're going to be out at the Argyle Theater uh, watching Eddie Crane pull an Art Shamsky. They're there. Nice. Talk about Gil Hodges, the Argyle Theater in uh, Babylon. Two great guys talking about an all-time great manager. Wow, that's great. Very nice. Sunday night. Not just an all-time great manager. He was uh, quite a, a player, player, too. Oh, my God. He was my favorite. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal player. Yep. He had more home runs than RBIs any right-handed uh, player in Major League Correct. Baseball throughout the entire 1950s. Correct. It's a shame he wasn't selected prior to this, but he's in there now, and we really have to enjoy it and celebrate it and celebrate his memory and what baseball was then in New York. The only bad part about the 1950s is the Yankees beat the Dodgers so many times in the right. World Series. All we have is 1955. That's it. So there it is, 55. folks. That's why he's amazing. It goes from Joe Biden to Eric Adams to Alvin Bragg to Lee Zeldin to Gil Hodges to the New York Mets. There's nobody like Peter King. What an amazing, amazing appearance, as always. We love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you, Congressman. Yeah, we love you indeed. Uh, I'm the Bernie and Sid Show. We're coming right back, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, great song, Toto. Fourth and final hour, Bernie and Sid today. Tony Sirico's funeral coming up in about 90 minutes at um, well, a beautiful funeral home, Regina Packus in uh, Brooklyn, or Passes. And uh, Mike Sullivan did want me to send a shout-out to the NYPD and the Highway Police for doing an amazing job keeping everything under control. There's a ton of Sopranos fans already outside the funeral home in Brooklyn. And the cops, as always... Doing a terrific job. New York Post, the cops, as always, doing a terrific job. So thank you from Mike Sullivan and Bernie and Sid. Bernie, this weekend is a big weekend as 77 WABC celebrates 100 years. That's right, Sidney. Join us at 4 o'clock Saturday for Episode 8, a one-hour special this and every Saturday through September honoring WABC icons. That's right, Bernard. This Saturday, 77 WABC highlights Eddie Scazzeri's favorite. Harry Harrison's New York's Morning Mayor. It's all part of 77 WABC celebrating 100 years. Correct. I've actually spoken with the big boss, Chad, who I saw on the street about an hour ago looking very handsome. This is going to be a jam-packed hour. And it will be presented documentary style. It features audio of Harry plus some great, great stories. And I have to tell you, when you talk about history, nobody appreciates it more than our two lovely bosses, John and Margot Katsimatidis, who both Bernie and Sid love dearly. Thank you, John and Margot, for making this all possible. Indeed, Sid. This is another amazing thing that we at 77 WABC are doing to celebrate the aforementioned 100 years. So listen, uh, that's great. 100 years. We're honored to be the morning show at a station, an iconic radio station such as 77 WABC. Totally honored. And again, uh, thank uh, John Katzmatidis, Margot, Chad, everybody. We love this place, Sydney. Hey, listen, uh, Joe Biden landed. We were talking to Congressman Peter King. He just landed in Israel. And uh, no sooner did he land, 
Did he make a, a horrible, horrible gaffe? I swear to God. Oh no! I'm not. I'm not kidding you. No. Uh, this is this. This happened within the past half hour, and uh, kudos, uh, applauds to uh, Phil, our associate producer, for catching this. Uh, Joe Joe Biden made. I haven't heard it yet, but but from what I understand, this is a horrible gaffe. Uh, let's listen to it, Lou. Go ahead and play Joe Biden on the tarmac in uh, Tel Aviv. Go ahead. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust, honor those we lost. Oh, my God. So that we never, ever, ever forget that lesson. Oh, my God. To keep God. alive the, the honor of the what did he, uh, Play it one more oh time, please, Lou. God. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust. Oh, my honor God. Honor those we lost. The truth Just, and So honor. that we never, ever, ever forget that lesson. Terrible, terrible, just just absolute <laughs> disgrace. What an embarrassment. <laughs> Get rid of this guy. He's, I, give me Kamala at this point. Let's riff on her for a couple of years because uh, I'm tired of I'm tired of hitting on this imbecile. I really am. Yeah. Be, just sick of it. Just get the other idiot in there and let them call you racist, misogynist, and just just remind them when Joe Biden was in office, we tore him to parts, too. So right, uh, exactly. has race and, and sex have nothing to do with it. It's all about competence and your ability to do the job. And this guy, well, his ability is, is just not there anymore. I mean, that's just that's so embarrassing. Uh, they, I mean, they're, they're laughing at us. They really are. They're, the Saudis right now, they are howling. They're playing that clip over and over and over again. Uh, so, anyway, it's just uh, you know, somebody, an awful... Somebody approached Biden yesterday and said, you know, Joe, that your party, the Democrats, don't want you to run again in 2024. You know, though, actually, somebody walked up to him and said that yesterday with a microphone? As a matter of fact, uh, we have that. That is, uh, we, We're going to play that right now for you, Sydney. That's... Uh, that is cut eight, cut eight, and and, and let me set it up. Uh, you did a good job setting up, Sid. But what he does is uh, the person asks the question as he's walking, and you know he likes to ignore, uh, you know, shouted questions. He w- rushes over like an uh, angry old man. He rushes over to the uh, questioner like he's going to assault him, and his eyes are all he's all bug-eyed. Anyway, cut eight. Listen to this and th- think of what I just said. When you're thinking, when you're listening to this clip, cut eight. Biden responding angrily to some uh, caller about polls. I mean, questioner about polls. Go ahead, Mr. President. What's your message to Democrats who don't want you to run again? They want me to run. Here he comes. Read the polls. Read the polls, Jack. You guys are all the same. That poll showed that 92 percent of Democrats, if I ran, would vote for me. A majority of Democrats say they don't want you to run again in no. 2024. 92 percent said if I did, they'd vote for me. So, so he, he rushed over <laughs> to, to his inquisitor there. Like, again, he was going to assault him. You can't see it, but trust me, he did. And he says 92 percent. So 26 percent of Democrats want him to run. Of that 26 percent, 92 percent said that, yeah, I'd vote for him over Trump, but still, it's 26 percent of Democrats. I mean, uh, you you can't rationalize that that's a good thing, and he's trying to. And he's he's got his uh, idiot, uh, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, repeating the same crap uh, from the uh, podium there, and she is a real total disaster. Another reason to get rid of Biden, because... uh, well, I guess Kamala would keep her as well. I don't know. But uh, just terrible. Terrible all around. Hey, listen, uh, uh, on the on this Brittany Griner thing, uh, Joe Biden ignored this uh, WNBA lady 
this BLM lady, she's a real, you know, she she knelt for the flag for the national anthem. Actually, walked out of the arena when the national anthem was being played. So essentially, spit on the flag, spit on the country, for, and for what? For no good reason, for ignorant reasons. These people didn't know what they were doing. Uh, that uh, of course, uh, you know, they think that uh, police are shooting blacks at, at at some high rate, and it's a very very low rate, but. They've been told otherwise by Black Lives Matter, by the media, and by the uh, corporate cowards who run their sports organizations. Uh, so they, they don't know any better. They're really stupid, ignorant people. Uh, anyway, she's part of that. But either way, she's locked up in Moscow, is this Brittany Griner. She was convicted the other day of uh, possession. She actually pled guilty, so she faces 10 years. But Biden only recently got involved because the news media started talking about it. But LeBron James... He, uh, he, you know, he has this show on HBO called The Shop, I guess the barber shop, and uh, all these dudes sit around and they spew uh, whatever they spew. I don't know. I don't watch well, well, it. Well, so. you know, because that was when he made the comments about white people growing up uh, in Akron, Ohio. That came from that show. I don't F with no white people. Right. So, yeah, a lot of, lot of racism going on. He doesn't like white people. Okay, we don't like you either. How about that? Uh, anyway, this is what uh, Joe Biden, excuse me, LeBron James said about Brittany Griner when she gets out of prison. And this would be, uh, Louis, for you, cut number 21. Cut number 21, LeBron James on Brittany Griner. Go ahead. Brittany Griner, she is in Russia. She's been there over 110 days. Now how can she feel like America has her back? I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? So that's what he said. Uh, and now he expanded on that, no doubt, in the during the conversation, I hope. But uh, he put out a tweet. He got a lot of heat. And then he put out a tweet, and he says, I don't want this to be misconstrued, uh, that I was uh, knocking this beautiful country. He actually said that. But uh, I have to say that if I was in Brittany Griner's shoes, that's the way I would be feeling. I uh, paraphrase what he put in the tweet because I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. But it was uh, uh, words to those effect right there that LeBron James spoke. So he hates this country. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, I mean, and this he hates guy, white people. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a mental midget, and he's made uh, he's now a billionaire. It became official this year, Forbes magazine. He's a billionaire because he's a magnificent basketball player. He's in the argument, one or two with Michael Jordan. But he'd never make a penny any doing anything else in his lifetime. So he's lived a life, a life. Of of uh, of luxury because of this country. The only good news is Bernie is that he made those comments when Trump was not the president because he made a lot of comments like that because of Donald Trump. Now he's saying it when Joe Biden and his administration are the reason why Brittany Griner is basically dying in prison in Moscow. So you can take a little bit of solace in that that he made that uh, a horrible comment about our beautiful country when in fact his guy was in office and not Donald Trump. Yeah, indeed. Uh, uh, look, he's just an ingrate. Uh, this is the greatest country in the history of civilization. And this guy, doesn't, you know, he's living, he's living like a king, like King James. Yeah. He's living better than any royalty ever lived in the history of this uh, globe. And yet he just spits on it at every turn. He's just bitter, yeah, angry. And, and not just white people. Don't forget when he called out that cop who did the right thing in the state of Ohio. And also don't forget, folks, that at one point he alleged that somebody wrote the N-word, a, a horrible thing, on the gates of his pearly mansion. And to this day, the consensus is, even from local police, that he did it himself. So he's done some really outstropped and crappy-like stuff along the way. For a guy that you envision, oh, he's just a basketball player making a lot of money. He is a very, very hateful person. He really is. Uh, 
You know, back to Joe Biden for a minute. Remember, uh, it was uh, I believe it was two days ago, you had that protester ask the question. Uh, he actually, uh, they had the Parkland, they had victims of mass shootings at the White House. And this uh, this gentleman, he was the father of a victim at the Parkland High, at the Marjorie Stone, uh, Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. He was there, and uh, he actually... Uh, well, he actually asked a question. He heckled the president. We played it earlier. I just can't find the damn number is what it is. So we're going to have to skip it. Lou, if you find it, tell I'm me looking here. right now. At some point, we'll play it. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to play Cut 20. Listen to this uh, this Army private over Roe versus Wade. This Army private, she's a, a woman, obviously, you're going to hear. But listen to, way, to, the, to the way she talks about this country in the wake of Roe versus Wade, I don't care if it's in the wake of anything, but listen to the way she talks. Uh, go ahead. Cut 20, please, Lou. How am I supposed to swear to support and defend the Constitution and a country that treats its women like second-class citizens? How am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to do that with pride? How am I supposed to do that with love and honor? How am I supposed to wake up every day and put on a freaking uniform that says United States Army when the United States doesn't even give a rat's ass about me? It gives more of a rat's ass about the guns they're allowed to buy that what? kill the children that oh, yeah. I'm forced to give birth to. Think about that. Think about what? What, what, what kind of jumper oh, is that to make you, you more? You idiot. Kick her ass out of the army right now. You know, uh, Jill Biden put out a tweet. She she said that uh, she she tweeted about Roe versus Wade, and she talked about women's bodies, and uh, some general, uh, three star general. He actually put out a tweet in response. A three star general, glad to see you know what a woman is now. Finally know what a woman is now. Well, guess what? He was suspended. Three star general was suspended for, for tweeting that back at Jill Biden. This little idiot will probably have an aircraft carrier named after her. <laughs> I mean, in this General Milley and General Austin's woke military, I would not be surprised. Jeez. I mean, it's really disgusting. Agreed. China is laughing. We have nothing. We really don't. We have nothing. And, and speaking of Jill Biden, she had to apologize. By the way, it was Hunter Biden called her two things. A vindictive moron, he right. called Jill Biden, a vindictive moron, right. and a selfish, silly, entitled C word that rhymes with punt. Ay, ay, ay. That's what uh, Hunter <laughs> Biden called her, and he said he went on. And she's stupid. She's a community college teacher. She couldn't uh, hang with uh, any anyone in the Ivy League world. That the, the the title implying that the title Dr. Jill is bogus. Well, anyway, cut one. This is what she apologized for. It's funny, so we'll play it again here. Cut one. Jill Biden, go ahead, Lou. The diversity of this community. As distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. <laughs> so my Latino friends, they're all tacos. Uh, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists put out a tweet. We are not tacos. And Bogodas, but what is Bogodas? Bogodas is the, the capital of Colombia, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and I remember maybe she was channeling Abe Vigoda. Abe Vigoda, I don't know. He's dead, <laughs> long dead and buried. No, she has no excuse. She's just a fool, is what she is. But uh, so she apologized, and uh, you had people like Gail King and Whoopi Goldberg weighing in. We might as well hear what they had to say. Cut two and three. 
Uh, Gail King and uh, The View. Go ahead, Lou. Two and three. First Lady's team probably huddling today. Ah, uh, you think? That up. Because when you know Joe Biden, that's not who she is, but it didn't come out correctly. Uh, oh, really? Shut up. I would be upset if no. somebody said, you bring the chicken out in people. Yeah. Right. You know, I was, I, I don't, I don't know who, who, uh, yeah. That's kind of what, you know, that's. <laughs> it was. Yeah, in it, case it was. you're not, to, this is what. It was, it yeah. was a racial stereotype. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so they condemned her, I guess, a little bit, but yeah, Gail okay. King giving her a pass. Please. And uh, quickly, uh, we have Greg Gutfeld. He did some jokes. Let's see if you think this is funny. I know you don't think he's funny. A cut no, number no, four. I think he's funny. I just think that when he was on uh, Tuesday nights on Bill O'Reilly's show with you, that uh, you were the whole thing. It was all you. Well, you're kind to say. Uh, I, I'm not sure that's the case. Anyway. A gut fell the king of late night on the, the, the Jill Biden thing. Go ahead, play it. She has apologized. I think it is terrible to compare people to food or even Mexican food, especially Dr. Biden. You know, she's got a medical degree. She's got status. <laughs> she's got prestige. Uh, I mean, she's got the whole enchilada. <laughs> and, and, you know, if you look That's at funny. her, she's still quite attractive. I mean, she, I bet in her day she was one hot tamale. <laughs> like her husband, who's fallen apart like a burrito you eat while driving. That's pretty funny. There you go. That's good. That's uh, good. So that's great, Guffa. One more quickly. Here's the protester a quick questioning Joe Biden. He ignored this guy, but he he responded to the other person, that, the clip we played earlier. Anyway, cut 18. Go ahead, please, Lou. I'm dealing with gun violence. What do you think about Hunter? Because make backup. no mistake. Sit down. You'll hear what I have to say. What you do think? you think about Hunter, your son? You... There's a video of him arguing with a hooker about how much crack he has. What do you think about that, Mr. President? No answer. Because make no mistake about it. No answer. That was great. What do you think of your son arguing with a hooker over how much crack there is on videotape? If only the press would be like this father of the Parkland student who was massacred and was then subsequently thrown out. Joe Biden telling him to sit down and shut up. Shut You shut up. You sit down. And, you get the hell out. Anyway, on the Bernie and Sitchell. We're going to speak to uh, Lorraine Bracco, Sydney, correct? That is uh, correct. As we speak, the streets in Brooklyn are lined with Sopranos fans. Tony Sirico's funeral coming up now in about 68 minutes, just over an hour away. And we're going to talk to Dr. Melpy. Also, don't forget, she played the role of Karen Hill, Ray Liotta's wife in the great movie Goodfellas. The very talented and lovely Lorraine Bracco with Bernie and Sid next. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. You got some nerve standing, Mia. Nobody does that to me. Who the hell do you think you are? Frankie Valley or some oh. kind of big shot? <laughs> slow down, slow down, all right? I forgot. I thought it was next week. It was Friday. It was this Friday. And you agreed, so you're a liar. Come on. We can talk about this, all right? Take it easy. Talk about it? Talk to you after what you just did to me? Forget it. I'm not talking to you about it. Wait a anything. second. I thought you were going to stand me up. You look bored. You didn't say anything. What do you expect? Hmm? Let me make it up to you. Karen. I'll think of it. I remember, she's screaming on the street, and I mean loud, but she looked good. I'll think about it. It's going to cost you, Bill. It's going to make it up. It's going to cost you a lot. Yeah, these great eyes, just like Liz Taylor's. She certainly does. The beautiful Lorraine Bracco. Our tribute here on the Bernie and Sid Show continues to the late, great Tony, a.k.a. Paulie Walnuts, Sirico. 
He'll be laid to rest in Brooklyn in about an hour. Mike Sullivan telling me the streets in Brooklyn already packed with Sopranos fans. But, of course, our next guest not only did a brilliant job, I mean brilliant, playing Dr. Melfi on The Sopranos, but she did play uh, Ray Liotta. He also passed recently his wife, Karen Hill, in the great movie Goodfellas. So with that said, here she is. She's been on the show many, many times. A dear friend, Lorraine Bracco. Lorraine, Sid, Bernie, how are you? Hello, Lorraine. Hello. How are you, sweetheart? I got to tell you, you, uh, I mean, for you, this has been a brutal month. Uh, even before we get to Tony today, you heard the clip we played there from Goodfellas, and Ray was so brilliant as Henry Hill. You were so great, iconic as his wife, Karen. So, first of all, sorry for me and Bernie about Ray Liotta, but that was the first shock that hit you about a month ago, yes? Yeah, I mean, if the hits just keep coming, what can I say? God's, God's uh, you know, we're all in God's uh, hands, so he takes us when he wants us. Indeed, and uh, the great uh, Tony Sirico, I know, I mean, you, you, had, you had a great relationship with uh, Tony. Uh, he lived a very colorful life. Uh, you want to tell us, you know, a couple of stories maybe, a uh, tribute to uh, Tony Sirico right now? Well, my, one of my favorite Tony's, you know, I never really worked with Tony, even though we were in Goodfellas and Sopranos. I never really had any scenes with him. So all my interactions with him was always uh, social. And, and when we went to uh, Hollywood for all the award ceremonies and. Right. And he was always so proud, you know, that we had this fantastic hit show because we just did. And it was, uh, I, I really do consider our Soprano cast family. I mean, we've been through everything, births and deaths and children and graduations and weddings and, and I mean, just everything. And we've always kind of hung on to each other uh, all these years. It, it's 20 years. But yeah. my favorite, Tony Sirico's story is he called me up one day and he said, listen, I'm going to do a fundraiser for St. Jude's Hospital and we're going to do it at my friend's house and um, I, I need to make amends. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I've been a really, really bad boy. I have to make amends to God. I want to go to heaven. And I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, I didn't know a lot about Tony uh, and his uh, other life. Let's put it that way. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept going, but I don't understand what, you know, how, how bad could you have been? And he would be very bad. <laughs> <laughs> very bad. Very bad, yeah. Lorraine. Yeah. And uh, uh, I was like, should I be afraid to, to go further on this? And he said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was honest. I'll tell you what, he was and honest. I said, okay. So we do the, the St. Jude's event. We all show up. He makes, I don't know, a quarter of a million dollars or more, you know, that we, we got donations. And, and then he called me up a, a year later and said, listen, I'm going to go do uh, another event for St. Jude's for the kids. And uh, we're going to go on Ford. Ford gave me his yacht. And so 
we can only invite a certain amount of people. It'll be very expensive, but all the money will go to uh, St. Jude's. And he said, I said, Tony, you're still making amends? He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That is a great sure. story. That is a great story. It ain't over yet, Lorraine. Yep, yep. Now, he did make amends. In fact, his uh, brother, Robert, who's a priest, an ordained priest, yep. was, on, was on with me and Bernie Lorraine about uh, two days ago when he talked about how his own brother went to Robert for uh, confession and said, hey, I, I want to go to heaven. I've done some bad things, just like he said to you. Lorraine Brockle continues a tribute. Jamie Lynn Sigler was on at uh, 740 earlier uh, this morning. You know, one of the things about The Sopranos, uh, moving away from Tony for a second, because as you say, you did very little shooting with Tony. Almost all your scenes were with the late, great uh, Jimmy, Jim Gandolfini. I said to Bernie this morning, I said, one of the more horrifying scenes in the history of The Sopranos was when Dr. Melfi, who I thought uh, was the most important part of the show, because to me, Sopranos was less about the mob and all that stuff and more about a mob boss seeing a shrink. That was the beauty behind David Chase's script. So I thought your character was, was as important as anybody. Here you get raped in the stairwell. And at no point after that, or many seasons after that, does Tony grab this guy like he did to Ralphie and rip his head off. Well, why was that the case? Because if Dr. Melfi told Tony what had happened, he would have uh, murdered him, hurt him, done something. And then that made me, you know, uh, an accomplice. Oh, because we wanted that. We, we, the, viewers, the viewers wanted to see that. We wanted that blood. But I see what you're saying because you were trying to calm Tony down, and that would have made it even worse. Of course. And then the relationship would have changed. And by the way, my father was screaming at the TV, tell him, tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, so, uh, yeah, it, it, could, it, it could never have been. It could have never have, you know, maintained their patient relationship that it had to be right exactly uh, that clears that up thank you lorraine lorraine brocco from the sopranos played dr melfi and a tribute here to tony sirico lorraine uh when i was uh, when the sopranos was first airing my kids were young and when it, the when it aired we made them leave the room my wife and i we sat down and watched they had to leave because well for obvious reasons and now my son he's in his 20s and he has watched The Sopranos twice, twice, full of binge watch The Sopranos. So you have a new generation of uh, Sopranos viewers out there who love it. And uh, 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 do people in the street say recognize you? And what do you think about that whole phenomenon of, uh, you know, a, a, a new generations, uh, 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 you know, <laughs> exposing themselves to the greatest drama uh, in the history of TV? Well, I have a lot of fun with it because I either get the fathers who yell Karen and the kids who <laughs> yell Dr. Melfi. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Karen, that was $60,000. Oh, a great scene. <laughs> such, such a great... Uh, listen, yeah, that is, there is a new generation that uh, does love that show. But, you know, Lorraine, I know that uh, we're kind of joking around having some laughs here, but this is actually a very sad morning because Tony will be late to rest now in uh, less than an hour. And even though, as you pointed out, most of your scenes were with Jimmy Gandolfini and not Tony Sirico, you spent a lot of time with Tony. In fact, you may remember you even visited me and Bernie at the old WABC studios at Madison Square Garden years ago. I remember. Uh, yes, yes. And then we went to Christmas parties together, you and I, and Ron Duguay and a whole bunch of other folks. So you've been uh, on the scene here for quite some time and very, very touchable, which is a 
great thing, Lorraine, part of the charm that you've got. But uh, if, in fact, I'll ask you the same question I asked Robert and Jamie Lynn earlier this morning. If, in fact, Tony is in heaven right now, and he's there because he confessed, and he's listening to this show, what would you like to say to Tony Sirico this morning? Oh, I hope you are with your pal, Jimmy Gandolfini, my father, who Tony loved. My father worked in the Fulton Fish Market, and they would bull BS uh, all night long. Uh, I I want you to have fun. I want you to enjoy yourself. I want you to be proud of yourself for everything that you accomplished here on this earth with the wounded warriors. He was a great patriotic American, Tony. And uh, and I, I just want him to be happy and proud of what he's accomplished. Oh, that's beautiful. Hopefully uh, your father, uh, Jimmy Gandolfini, and Wei Liotta, maybe they're all having breakfast right now listening to this. Hey, uh, Lorraine, thank you. I know this is a tough, tough morning for you, but it means a lot to me and Bernie that you called in. We love you. God bless you. And uh, you're in our prayers as well as Tony and all the Sopranos cast members today. God bless you. Thank you, Lorraine. Thank you so much. All right, sweetheart. Lorraine Bracco, Dr. Melfi. Uh, the Sopranos, and again, uh, Tony Sirico's funeral will take place in about uh, 53 minutes. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. I did. Your chance at uh, cash and prizes, thanks to Pete Morgan, Peerless Borders, Pete Bernie coming up first. Uh, my good buddy, the King of Williamsburg. It's not Vinnie Viola, it's Joe Nunziata. Later on tonight, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, talking about Brooklyn Tony Sirico, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Jiglio Feast. Is that how you say that? G-I-G-L-I-O, that big feast that's every year. How do you say G- it? The, the Italian feast? Yes. I always screw it up. It's tonight. The, San, San Gennaro. The, no, no, this is the, the Giglio. It's different. It's G- Giglio. Giglio, thank you. The uh, Mount Carmel Giglio feast tonight. Dancing of the Giglio. Go buy yourself a Giglio t-shirt at the Nunziata Girls t-shirt stand. He always asks me every year to come by and uh, carry that big freaking thing during the feast of the Giglio, and I haven't been able to do it yet, but uh, it's a big deal. It's, it's as big as the... I guess it's uh, not as big, but uh, I'm right there with the St. Gennaro's Just walk piece. into St. Patrick's Cathedral like you do every yeah. afternoon. <laughs> I, hey, I got ashes there last year. You, come uh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I know. You hate that. <laughs> Why do you hate that? Because I'm Jewish. You hate it. That. I like giving you a hard time about it. It's <laughs> no. fun. All right. Go uh, check out the Nunziata Girls at the uh, Giglio Feast later on tonight. Here's John in Westchester. He's an architect. Johnny, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. How are you? Happy Wednesday. Uh, happy Wednesday to you. Uh, you played this game before. First time on the air, though, yes? First time on the air. All right. This is a very, very big deal. Wish you the best of luck. Here's question number one, John. The name of the United States capital city is French for red stick. What capital city means red stick in French? I mean, you'll know why you'll know this. Rouge, Rouge. Yeah. Baton Rouge. Yes. There you go. Very good. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yes. Uh, This is uh, Al DeVoren, once Elvis Presley's band director, claims that he coined what five-word phrase used to clear audiences? Elvis has left the building. Very good. Johnny from Westchester. From downtown. He's two for two. From 1959 to 1969, 
Raul Pindi was selected as what country's interim capital while Islamabad was under construction? Pakistan. Yes. Big spring break destination. Kids love it. Three for three. On July 20th of 2017, 70-year-old former NFL superstar O.J. Simpson was granted parole after almost nine years in prison. A day later, who stepped down as White House press secretary and was replaced by my good buddy, Anthony Scaramucci? Um, he's a distinguished gentleman, but I can't place his I'll name. I'll give you a hint. Dancing with the Stars, Newsmax. No? His name is Sean Spicer. There you have it. Right. I know, right? man. I've got the answers in front of me. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. And a fifth and final question here, John, in Westchester. The nickname Man from Missouri was given to the 33rd president of the United States, which was who? Harry Truman. Yes. Oh, very impressive effort by John. Very, very good. He got four right. All the pressure on Bernard now. The champ himself has to get all five correct to win today's game. With that said, here he is, my partner, the great Bernard McGurk. Bernie, you got to get all five to win today, okay? Oh, uh, that's daunting. That's very it daunting. It is very daunting, yes. Very exciting. Number one, the name of the United States capital city is French for Red Stick. The name of what? Of the United States capital city is French for Red Stick. French is all you need to know. Come on. What do you uh, think? Bat- Baton Rouge. Yes. Very good. All right. That was a, an oddly worded question, but, but go right ahead. I don't write the game. I just read it. Don't break my balls. <laughs> I'm just Pat Sajak here. Or the yeah, but when guy. it goes what's, well, what's, you're like, yeah, that was great. Yeah, what's the dead guy from Jeopardy? Uh, uh, Alex Trebek. Oh. Yeah, that guy, yeah. <laughs> the dead guy from Jeopardy? What kind of trivia is that? <laughs> I, I, I could have phrased that better. You're right. That's no, why I'm, no, that's that's why I'm doing this game and not Wink Martindale. Uh, perfect. Yeah. All right. One for one. Al Dvorin Bernard, once Elvis Presley's band director, claims that he coined what five-word phrase used to clear audiences? He was Elvis Presley's guy? Yeah. Five-word phrase. Five-word uh, phrase. Yeah, clear, uh, the, clear the audience. Elvis has left the building. Look at you! Oh! Buddy. From 1959 to 1969, Raul Pindi was selected as what country's interim capital while Islamabad was under construction? Uh, that would be Pakistan. Yes. You ever go to Islamabad, Bern? I have a place there. I'm sure you do. Uh, uh, on the edge of the city. Oh, it's got to be beautiful. It's very nice. It overlooks a, a desert. <laughs> That's right. And some tumbleweeds. <laughs> on July 20th, 2017, 70-year-old former NFL superstar O.J. Simpson was granted parole after almost nine years in prison. A day later, who stepped down as White House press secretary and was replaced by our buddy Anthony Scaramucci? Uh, geez, I have to go with, uh, he's the, this Sean, the only, Sean, what, go ahead. This is, the the only only one. One. this is the only one the contestant got wrong, so this is very important you get this right. What's your answer? All right, he stepped down. It was, uh, was it Sean Spicer? Yes! Oh, Bernard, that's a big one. Now you set yourself up to win. Here it is, a nickname, Man from Missouri, was given to the 33rd president of the United States, which was who? <laughs> Dwight Eisenhower would be the wrong answer. Right, it's Harry Truman. Oh, my. 
I'll tell you, both guys played a great game today, both John and Westchester, but there's a reason why we call the game Beat Bernie, because Bernie's a champ. 5-4, to four, your final score today. Bernard, say hello to John in Westchester. He's an architect. Hello, John. Good job, man. And you almost had me there. Thank you, Bernie. As you said, it was daunting. It was very daunting. Uh, so we're in Westchester. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I used to live in Yonkers and Hastings. How about that? I live in Thornwood, which is near Chappaqua. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that's a very very ritzy suburb up there. That's very nice. Um, so uh, have it's you traveled to Chappaqua? I'm sorry. It's not as fancy as Chappaqua. Oh, it's not. But have you tried? We, we don't have a Starbucks. Uh, you know, I've been in that Starbucks. Uh, I actually went in when I went up w- up there with a the camera to go to Bill Clinton's house, went in the Starbucks, and they ended up throwing bagels and stuff at me. Get the hell out. But uh, have, no you tra- have you traveled to Chappaqua to check out the Clinton house? Oh, yes. And I've seen uh, uh, Bill twice on the street, and I've seen Hillary, uh, Mr. President uh, Bill Clinton uh, on the street and in a bagel store. And I've seen uh, Miss Hillary at the house. Sweet. Oh, at the house. So you went in and you were, hey, what are you no, doing no, here? No, no, just dri- driving in the, in the street. Are you she hosing my wife? Uh, well, listen, man, uh, thanks for playing the game. You did, did a great job. Uh, and thanks for listening. All right, man? And thanks for coming back so strong, Bernie, from your uh, setback. And uh, thank you both for making uh, every New York morning during the week a pleasure. Uh, thank you very, very much. kind to say. Kind words. We appreciate yeah. you and every other listener out there. We actually have two people on our staff that uh, have Chappaqua. Uh, one is Justin Ellick, our producer right now, who's vacationing in Nantucket this week. He grew up there. And many years ago, Bernard, we had an intern who went to Syracuse. His name was Gillen Gross. And he also grew up in Chappaqua. In fact, he used to see Bill Clinton walking his dog. He used to tell us that, remember? I do indeed, yeah. Hey, it's a fancy joint. I went up there, uh, as I mentioned, with the camera crew, I think twice, believe it or not. And at one point on the side of the uh, truck, the MSNBC truck, I actually relieved myself on the Clinton property. <laughs> on the property. I had nowhere to go. Oh my and they God. weren't inside to let me in to use the bathroom. Not that they would have, but oh. uh, I have that honor behind wow. me. Now, was this before or after the late, great Don Imus savaged them at the dinner? Yeah. Oh, this is way past. This way is past. Uh, okay. yeah. The, the yeah. dinner was uh, the dinner was like the late '90s, maybe, and yeah. uh, or the early 2000s. This was uh, more like 2007, yeah. I think. No, 2006. It, it was the late '90s because I actually arrived at WFAN in 2000, and that was after uh, the dinner. So it had to be the late yeah, '90s. This, this was after you left. Gotcha. Let's put it that way. All right, we'll come back and wrap it up. Well, what I promised everybody at six o'clock this would be a great show, and I know no one has been disappointed. We'll wrap it up right after this. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, yeah. Perfect. A lot of folks are pulling up to the funeral right now in Brooklyn. Tony Sirico again, 31 minutes. The uh, late to rest, Mike Sullivan, and a host of the characters. And we do want to thank two in particular for joining us on this program today. Jamie Lynn Sigler, a.k.o. Meadow Soprano. 
and, of course, Lorraine Bracco. Dr. Melfi stopped by today, as well as uh, other greats, Joe Pinion, who hope to God he beats Chuck Schumer, Congressman Peter King. He's always great on a Wednesday. And I think, as promised, Bernie, we delivered a uh, heck of a show today with news and opinions and and uh, pop culture stuff and emotional stuff. Both Lorraine Bracco and Jamie Lynn Sigler started crying today. I thought it was quite a program. Once again, Sidney, you nailed it. You predicted that early in the morning, before, at the beginning of the show, a good day to have our full-page ad in the New York Post on page 22 yes. uh, this morning, a, a full-page ad of Bernie and Sid. Uh, check it out, folks, page 22. Opposite the story, by the way, of the young uh, 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 kids in their underwear, the black kids in their underwear, taunting mm. the police officers mm. uh, that we talked about earlier. But, yes, the show is terrific, Sid. And uh, as usual, uh, you were great, and the you guests too. were t- fantastic. Uh, it was just... And we brought them all kinds of information and, uh, you know, a, a couple of debates we had there, you and I, uh, over uh, Josh Hawley and over uh, uh, Girlfriends with Kids, stuff like that. It was good. Oh, whom Aberdeen and, uh, and yeah. uh, what's his name, Cooper, Bradley Cooper. Uh, Come yeah, on. That story about the Minneapolis kids, uh, Curtis Sleewa did about an hour just on me yesterday between the ferry and my cousin Norm Coleman. So he will join us tomorrow, Curtis, along with Bill O'Reilly. Always great on a Thursday. And I think Lee Zeldin is going to stop by, too. So another blockbuster show about All the right. Romeo Waito. Yes, great show again tomorrow. But, uh, and Adam Carolla coming up on Monday. But uh, great show today, Bernie. Super, super job. I love you. I love you more, Sid Rosenberg, here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Uh, and this song, uh, very fitting. God rest, uh, Tony Sirico. We love you, Tony. Rest in peace, my good friend. Absolutely well said. Uh, great job today, too, by Phil. Macedonia, Phil, really good. Lou Rafino is the best ever in the business. Frankie Diaz, Deb Valentine, great work. All the young ladies here today, Emily, Claire Bedley, Jacqueline Carl. We'll be back tomorrow. Again, a fantastic show. And as Bernie just said, let me repeat the sentiment. Our hearts go out to all the Sericos and all the Sopranos people who are about to sit at that funeral in Brooklyn coming up in about 30 minutes. So, folks, if you can, enjoy your hot Wednesday in New York City. For Bernie, Sid, and all of us, to all of you until 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, peace. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt. Causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.